3: Logic, political talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to dot com. Tonight, our special guest will be Sam Tittle, who is running uh, as an independent presidential candidate for 2016. Uh, she'll be coming in later on this evening, probably around quarter past the hour, and we'll be uh, talking with her about her campaign. Uh, among other things, and how she can uh, beat the duopoly and also uh, be able to defeat Hillary Clinton. And so we do have a, a number of folks on the line, and we'll get you on uh, very shortly so we can talk a little bit. I'm sure there's folks up there who's been watching uh, the, GOP, the GOP debate, uh, and I was actually doing a little bit of the same. Uh, I cannot wait till next week in which we will be doing our commentary and analysis, And I know some folks may ask, well, why do you wait a whole week before doing the analysis? Well, two reasons. One, unfortunately, it is only a a once-a-week show. But secondly, it also gives us the opportunity to watch a debate, uh, hear some other commentary, develop more of our own uh, thoughts and opinions over it instead of having our uh, immediate, you know, a lot of times emotional reactions to the debate after we've had some time to digest it. So having a week after the debate happens uh, in order to discuss it, analyze it, break it down, uh, see what some of the polls come out, see if we uh, agree with them, things of that nature. And so I think that's a good way of doing it. So we will have audio from the GOP debate on uh, from CNBC, and that will be interesting just for the very fact that it's been done by CNBC. And I watched a little bit of it. Uh, not a lot, of course, we're getting uh, prepared for this evening. And for our guest, and so we're looking forward to covering that next week at uh, 10 p.m. Eastern time, and we look forward to having you. Know, and I already wanting to uh, chime in, and so uh, we'll do that. In order, well, in order to while we wait for our guest, and I believe we have Susan on the line. And see a Skype caller. I'll be doing some. Uh, call screening as well, but first, uh, and if you do want to chime in, I uh, do see folks on the line, push the one on your number dial, and we will get you onto the show, and you can join our roundtable discussion. But first, let's go ahead and bring in Susan. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight?
4: I'm fine, thank you. How are you? <laughs>
3: oh, I'm good. I'm still trying to recover a little bit from uh, things that has been kind of hanging on uh, cold wise, so I'm gonna try not to cough on air, but but who knows. Um,
0: so <laughs> oh, yeah, I was just well, watching some.
3: Yeah, I've been some of the debate, and I know that polls wise, you know, Donald Trump has gone down a little bit, and it looks like Carson's going up. But and I really hope we're not seeing a repeat of 2012, where you know you had one person come up, they get bashed for a while, and then their poll numbers go down, and then you yeah, have the next person come up, they get bashed for a while. And then their poll numbers go down. I mean, that's just pretty much what happened in 2012, and that's what kind of got us. Uh, t- <clears throat> excuse me, what kind of got us uh, Mitt Romney, and then well, not us, but I mean, got the Republicans. It was us at the time because at that time I was a uh, Republican. I'm now an independent myself, uh, but at the time, you know, it, it got us the uh, Mitt Romney, who was the worst candidate to go up against Obama, uh, which uh, we said. For months and months and months, and it finally proved itself out. I'm normally not one to say "I told you so," but yeah, well, this time I guess we did, and I did as well. <laughs> and so, you, you know, you know, I watched a little bit, you know, of the debate. You know, I wish I would hear heard a little bit more from Carson, at least from what I did. You know, I knew he was uh, someone, Newt Gingrich was supporting, or at least was talking about uh, before he came in. Uh, And I know he's not a career politician. And, of course, you know, in a way, that's what we're really looking for is to not have career politicians. Um, Now, some would say, you know, there are – and we'll talk about that with our our candidate tonight. There are some benefits, I guess, uh, to having someone who's been in for a while. uh, But we see where that's taking us. So perhaps someone who's not had that much experience in the political realm, if, if at all, would be beneficial. So, uh, did, you, uh, did you get uh, any opportunity to watch uh, at least part of the debate this evening, or want to make any comments on that, or uh, any comments that you know of our guest tonight?
4: Oh, I know Sam. Uh, we we talked on the phone several times, and uh, I I I tend to go more independent than anything, and they haven't given me anyone I wanted to support since <laughs> they started to vote. <laughs> So, uh, well, I did vote for Reagan. I don't know why, but I just did. But, um, um I, no, I didn't get to watch the debate. I've been out with my granddaughter waiting for her to get her hair done, and she's still doing it. Oh, my goodness. And um, all I saw was someone said Ted Cruz get it out of the ballpark, and someone said that Rand Paul was given some, pardon the word, crappy questions. <laughs> so I don't know what's happened in there. But I, I, I did get to see uh, maybe... 10 minutes of the pre-debate, you know, the one with Jindal in it and all that. He seemed to make a lot of sense. He's really distrusted with the budget thing and all this stuff, and says Republicans don't want to fight. He, he was, you know, it was, and Lindsey Graham was like, mm, okay, whatever. <laughs> You're out of here. Boom. <laughs> but I like Jindal out of out of those four or five that were up there. Itaki, I think that's how he can ask his name. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. oh my goodness Boom, out of here
3: <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see anything Did they actually have a, a pre-debate Like Fox News and them have been having With the other candidates who are not as high in the polls Is they have something for them as well? Yeah,
4: they, they had that Whatever, the lower here, whatever you call
3: it Yeah, a little pre-debate I call them
4: Okay, yeah And Jindal and really should be in the other one He really should
3: the yeah, well they're,
0: they're,
3: well, they're going by they're going by poll numbers and um, you know in, in which debates they're going to be in, which is unfortunately, I, I think there are some better candidates. Um, well, yeah, I
4: know, that are Barry in that Johnson. bottom tier I
3: that that should be higher. But
4: Gary Johnson, they kept him out of a lot of debates, which is why he went Libertarian, And I actually voted for him that one time he ran. So um, they they lost me when they didn't. Let him in and he made a lot of sense. Because he's, he's similar to Ron Paul in a lot of ways and I liked him. So he got my vote. <laughs> but he he might have been, he was in the regular debate just one and then they I don't know if they had any P debate that he was running or not. But uh they should have let him it left him and he was much better than a lot of them.
3: Okay, and, and since you are been a little muffled, I don't know if uh, maybe it's a proximity to your uh, phone or mic, I just wanted to uh, bring that up to you. Uh, and now we'll wait for our guests to uh, come in, you know, something that's happened recently, it's recently in the news, and perhaps we'll get some people's take on it. And, and I shared a link on Facebook, and I do want to, since it is something new, I do want to be able to do some more research on it. Um, and I do see where we had uh, our Skype caller, to uh, try to do a call screening on it, and I uh, will be trying to come back uh, just to get your name. And so if you called uh, back in or you'd like to, just push the one on your number dial, and I'll uh, get back with you. and We'll get you into the show. But unless I'm able to get at least someone's name uh, before I bring them in, uh, then unfortunately I will not be able to do that. Um, but I will be back in to, to try that. And I see other callers as well. Just push the one on your number dial if you'd like to uh get in but anyway, I'm sure everyone's heard by now uh and I can to be honest, I can't recall the officer's name uh but you've seen the video that was taken by a cell phone uh where he pulled the officer pulled this was you know girl, seemingly you know roughing her up out of the uh the chair of this high school girl uh did you see anything oh. about that? yeah, well, well, of course he's already been fired um I'd like to hear more about uh the story and find out more about it. Frankly, through, you know, the, what little understanding I have, and I will spot find more, is that, you know, she was told to get off her cell phone, and she didn't, and I guess they have officers inside schools, and she was uh, not doing as, you know, she was instructed, and so given uh, probably gave a smart mouth and things of that nature. Now, I'm not in any way, you know, promoting or uh, you know, defending police brutality, but... You know, if you resist an officer, you know, you kind of get what you know, kind of almost get what you asked for within reason, of course. Um, But I think what's, I think a problem that's going to be inherent in this, and I think there's going to be a problem with this coming up, is that, you know, there's going to be kids who's going to think that they can say and act any way they want almost to police officers and think that the, they're going to be able to get away with it. And if a police officer does anything, they are like, well, you know what? I'll just, you know, sue them or get them arrested or get lose their job. Or, or what do you think? I mean, crime has gone up since all of these things have been going on uh, with all these, you know, the, these police, you know, things being in the news. What, what do you think, Susan? Well, I saw a little bit of it
4: the whole thing. Um I honestly think what what why can't the teachers and the principal handle things? I don't even get that anymore. They can't do anything. Um, my mom always said, "There's kids can learn. There's no kid that's stupid." She was a teacher, and she knew how to reach them on different levels. I think mean, she did one spanking the entire time. It was a town drunk son. That's what she told me. So she was born in 1915, and um, uh, started teaching uh, probably in her early. Uh, and she she knew how to handle people, and I just don't think these teachers, between them saying, you know, the rules now, well, you can't touch it, you know. And I don't believe in the whipping, whipping or all that. But um,
3: right, I don't believe corporal punishment in schools.
4: To the point where, the, you know, I have I have talked too much, and I got the ruler swatted across my hand a few times, uh, or set in the hall because I always talked. But um, I just don't think, I think that rule should be generated, And then I think the teachers and um, the principal and different ones should be able to handle all that. I don't, I don't, I don't like it because they bring in police officers. Now, as far as for for preventing violence, like guns and different things, I do think that you should hire ex-military or whatever to just, Guard the doors in case somebody does come to burst in the building and start shooting and stuff like that. But I don't, I can't believe in police officers handling stuff like a cell phone. That's, that's kind of way out. My son had uh, not a cell phone, what do you call them? He used to page pagers. He had one. And uh, one of the teachers said, I'll just take that and I'll be keeping it. You won't get it back at the end of the school year he was paging me to let me know when he was gonna be done. And um he walked over to the principal who liked him and he says, uh, the vice principal excuse me and he told him, She wants to take this from me permanently and he goes, Nah, you just pick it up for me at the end of the day. <laughs> he saw and Jeremiah picked it up. The teacher was really mad. But Jeremiah was pretty popular. It was just she was just upset that he had that pulls out and back in pocket, and you know, so there's no need to bring any cops or something like that. None. Yeah, and, and, and yeah.
3: I, I hate to say it, but I, I am thinking here in some kind of echo uh, with the Susan. I hate to say that, but um, so uh, are you on your speakerphone or?
4: I'm on a, what I was last week. I'm on my um, Bluetooth in my ears thing, so.
3: Oh, that's um, probably it, yeah. It, that's probably why you seem kind of seem kind of like echoey or, or distant because um, it's a Bluetooth.
4: Um, it's the best way. Can you? Is it better now?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit, a little bit. And uh, so, get, so, what we're gonna do here is uh, we're gonna play this. Um, let's see if I got uh, an audio. I'm gonna do some call screening here. We have got uh, you know, a Skype caller who'd like to uh get in and so we'd like to uh get as many folks in as we can and i don't know i don't uh do this but we'll go ahead and uh open up our skype callers mic because i really don't have uh the time at this point to to do the call screen. but uh we'll see uh what may uh this is uh skype caller. thank you very much for coming to the show how are you are you talking
5: to me, uh, Robert? Uh, this is Sam. I just came in.
3: Oh, Sam. Okay, I wasn't expecting to see a Skype uh, number here. Uh, I thought maybe I was going to see one with an area code. Uh, did, you, did you call actually, in earlier?
5: Actually, actually, I'm calling in on a landline. That is amazing that it shows up as at, at Skype. But God only knows what this government is doing to these telephones. I'm serious. I'm, I'm in on a landline. But listen, thank you for having me this evening, and uh, I'm here, and we're going to talk about uh, all of the things that we need to be talking about so that we can get we, the people, into office. The first thing I would ask is that at any time you cannot hear me clearly, please let me know because we're on that new kind of technology. Do you hear me clearly?
3: Yeah, I can hear you right now, Brett.
5: Good. Is there any background noise or anything?
3: No, not at this time.
5: Okay. Well, be sure to let me know uh, because they oh, there's certainly. these Bluetooth. Okay, there's these Bluetooth. But uh, thank you for having me. I'm sorry that you had to wait. I wanted to make sure that I saw these uh, debates and what these people have to say. And of course, it is a liberal. <coughs> uh, excuse me, a liberal station doing a Republican Party debate, and they're not going to really get out the questions that really need to be asked. I hear
3: background. You yeah, know, I hear background. <laughs> Remember, folks, uh, your uh, mics are open. So if there's gonna be any background, mute your mics until we get you back in. Uh, go ahead, Susan. Not Susan. Okay. I mean uh, Sam. Oh man, Sam. two S's. Yes. That could be interesting for right now. Good.
5: Okay. Can Can you hear me all right, Robert?
3: Yeah, go ahead, Sam. Uh, The volume sounds a little lower. but
5: I'll see if we can put it up a little bit, but here here we are.
3: Uh, No, there you go. That's better. uh,
5: Okay, make sure that you tell me at any time, uh, because I can step out for just a second and swap the equipment. Uh, It's just today's technology, and sometimes we have extra people on the line that we don't even know about. But let me introduce myself. Yeah, we oh, call
3: him uh, NSA Bob. Go ahead.
5: Yeah. Uh, and, again, let me know at any time that you can't hear me. We'll adjust or get on a different uh, piece of technology. I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Sam, S-A-M-M, Tittle, T is in Tom, I-T-T-L-E. I am the 2016 Republican Democrat Independent Candidate. What we've got to do this time, people, is we've got to come straight up the middle for We the People. I was the first declared Republican National Party candidate in 2012. And it was our Republican Party that did not permit me to get up there on those debates. I should have been the first candidate that was up in that South Carolina debate. But uh Governor Nikki Haley and Governor Haley Barber and a couple of the other governors decided early that they wanted their establishment candidate in there. So they did everything they could to keep out the candidates that they didn't want or they didn't like. But you can always go back and Google it, Google Sam Tittle, and you will find out the dates that I came in. And those dates were January 21st. 2009. Once Barack Obama took his oath of office, and I realized that it was a very bad thing for the United States presidency. Uh, it was everything I did to jump in and get in and try to save ourselves. So I'm one of those candidate candidates that got in there, got in there, and did as best I could with the Republican Party that we had. But, again, there are YouTubes out there. There are radio uh, shows. I was out in Las Vegas, Nevada at the sheriff's convention. I was all over and trying hard to stand up for the people here in the United States of America. So Sam Tittle is a businesswoman. I have uh, been a businesswoman probably since the age of eight. Uh, I was already standing at a counter doing sales uh, in a little jewelry shop in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Of course, it did belong to my grandmother, but I started very young. Also, I carried adobe bricks in Albuquerque, New Mexico for the builders of those homes in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Those beautiful homes that you see out there now that are put up there with uh, adobe brick, just a tiny little girl, early in the morning, four in the morning, we'd get up and we'd eat our little blue cereal powder. And we'd get out to the field and we'd carry those adobe bricks up to the builders that were laying them to build those homes. So you had a tiny little girl that realized that we were going to have to work to eat. The absolute uh, process of that came to me at the age of uh, six, really, when uh, President John Fitzgerald Kennedy, a Democrat, was being inaugurated. And just a little girl was sitting there, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, looking at a television. And the words that just stood out very loudly were, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And, people, that Mm -hmm. is the truth. I was raised in a... And that was from a Democrat that many years ago. That's correct. And I was raised and born into a Democrat home. At that time, a lot of the southern states were Democrat because we believed that the Democrat Party was going to uh, reinforce your family foundation And that we would be able to help each other as we were growing neighbor to neighbor. But right around that uh, nine years of age when uh, President John Fitzgerald Kennedy was assassinated, here you go with a young lady that was, again, strictly educated. I came from a family that was underprivileged. However, I found out we were pretty doggone rich. And rich, I mean, in as much as a mother and father could do the best they could with what they had, they gave their children the best education. So we studied hard. We went to school. And when we wanted to go out and play, because we didn't have the clothes to be amongst the other children, we were sent in to read, read, read. If you want to travel, read. If you want to shop, read. If you want to go play with the other children, read. So we were really highly educated at a very young age. That's why at the time John Fitzgerald Kennedy died, we were very cognizant of what was going on. Think about that. A young uh, child under the age of 10 was already paying attention to what they were calling at that time, the war on poverty. Now, years later, An affirmed conservative. I am a conservative to the core. We learned that if we would get a good education, study hard, get a job, go out and work, and earn your money, you would be able to live a pretty good life, and that is exactly what we learned and did. Uh, Going back to that day of that uh, funeral, it was very prominent in my mind because when a child can hear war on poverty and you look up at a mommy and daddy and say, what's poverty, and they tell you, oh, that's the poor people, you get a real sense of what is going on around you. Now, as I spoke later as a conservative I can stand up here and tell every listener of yours and every single American citizen that the war on poverty really was the war on poverty. That is all of the Americans, and I will speak of people of color, okay, Robert, because in my book, there is no black or white. There is no uh, 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 There's no other color except that we all came from dirt. And the rest of us followed. So you can't find one racist bone in my body. And I love it when they call me that because I get to pull out the ignorance in that conversation. But going back to taking the people back to the understanding, the war on poverty was the Democrat Party, ladies and gentlemen, that wanted to make sure that they were able to have a war on the poor. The way to hold down a country is to go for the poor people, give them everything they believe they need and want, get them so enthralled in, in depending on a government that when it's time for them to really be self-sustaining, they can't. So we are a country that's in trouble today for decades later. We are coming through this desert just like Moses did. So we'll get to the spiritual in a little bit, but it's all relative. We're going to talk about Chris Christie, who tonight on that debate came up and said, I think we should go for a older retirement age, don't you? No, absolutely, unequivocally, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Do we do one more thing to allow this government to do anything to the people of the United States to put this at to put this at an older retirement age is to give the illegal aliens and the people who were brought in here illegally, there are many Muslims and Russians and Syrians and Mexicans and Salvadorians, and I can go right down the list that are here illegally, whereby we are housing them. We are feeding them. We are clothing them. We are giving them EBT cards. We are schooling them. We are paying for them while the American citizen is suffering. I can bring you two and three and four families right out of Los Angeles, California, who are generations of Americans, and they are now working two, sometimes two and a half jobs, to support their families in a state that is running dry of water, that is running dry of the tax monies that have been collected off of them, because they have $6 billion going to illegal aliens. And then you've got Governor Jerry Brown, who signed a document no more than about seven to eight months ago, To give the illegal aliens two years of free college. Let me tell you, Mm. those of you who are listening to this voice, there is nothing free. Nothing. Well, I'll take that back. A smile for me, and I won't charge you for it. Now, we can get serious about that, uh, Robert, and you had some questions for me. So go right ahead, and I'll be happy to answer them in any course that you might have them in.
0: Okay,
3: and how we're going to do this is uh, we do have uh, some folks uh, in the audience who would like to ask questions as well. So here's going to be the format for the night, folks, is uh, I'll ask a question uh, that I've prepared, and then we will bring in uh, folks from the audience to ask a question as well. And here on the show, well, once you call into the show and if you'd like to stay and be a part of our roundtable discussion, uh, you are welcome to do so. Of course, uh, you don't have to and don't feel obligated if you don't like. However, we would like for you to stay. Uh, and become part of our roundtable discussion. Because as I say here on Barge Logic, this is your show, the people's show, and we definitely want to hear from you. And so uh, that being said, first, before I go into the interview questions, we are going to hear from our good friends at the Patriot Journalist
6: Network.
2: You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle.
3: And definitely, folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network by going to dot. Patriotjournalist.com. So here's where I'll go. I'll have my question, and then we'll bring in Joe. uh, And he's got a question as well. And then we'll bring uh, you in, uh, Susan, and anyone else there who are listening, if you would like to uh, participate in the show tonight, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And then when I see you come in, just push the 1 on your number dial. And I'll uh, come in and get your name uh, so we can get you on the show. But first, let me go with the, the first question uh, for you is, Sam, what leads you or what leads you to believe that it is this time in American history that we would need a candidate or let's even say a president uh, such as yourself? This is really the
5: time that we need someone like myself. In the farewell address of George Washington, he told us back approximately 240 years after his after they wanted to make him president for a third term, he said, no, we will never have a king in the United States of America. And with that said, his farewell address uh, talked about a fellow citizen. Today's the day we have reached that time the politicians in the in the United States government and in the presidency are so corrupt that we're going to have to have a fellow citizen who is more experienced than even George Washington was was in his day. We have to realize now, we have to remind the people that the two-party system is nothing but sludge. And so with that, this is the time we need someone like myself and I always ask the people, Robert do not look at me as a woman or a man, a Catholic or a Jew. Do not look at me as a Democrat or a Republican. We've got to look at ourselves now as one. So I'm one of us for all of us. And with that said, we the people, it's time for us.
3: Yeah, that's say very well Bobby. said, and we do have – and uh, we do have Joe on, so let's go ahead uh n- to answer all the question or I don't want I I need to cut you off Dan Moore. No, no, no.
5: I I I answered it that way. We Good. we need we need us. We the people. We need us this time. That's what's gonna make the difference in this election. We the people. There's not gonna be a Democrat or a Republican. So all of you people listening to my voice, forget about it. It's over. It doesn't matter if they choose a Democrat or a Republican. They now have one agenda. And if either one of those parties go in there, that that's it. So I have stepped up to come up and, and step in in front of this lead, and we're going to go into our White House, and we are going to take back and govern our own lives under the sovereignty and under the government that we all have experienced and do the best we can. So go ahead, Robert.
3: Okay, well and then we got Jill in the line. Thank you very
2: much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Okay, how are you doing?
3: Oh, good, good. I really appreciate uh, you calling. Uh, as we say here on the show, the so, uh, mic is yours. Go ahead with your question.
2: Okay. Now, I read in the description page that you have um, on Block Talk Radio that you think you can defeat Hillary Clinton. I have no doubt that you would be a better candidate, even without my knowing you, that you would be a better candidate than she would. What makes you think you can defeat her?
5: Well, let's get real, okay? Joe, I haven't killed anybody. i never had anyone killed, nor would I ever. This country now needs someone that is of truth. That truth has got to be absolutely clear and definite. We have got to get in there and make sure that someone like Hillary Clinton does not get into office, and that she doesn't get within ten feet of the White House gate. She started back in Watergate days by hiding evidence that could have ex uh, uh, exculpated uh, Richard Nixon. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: that's correct, sir. And she is the one lawyer that had got, gone in there. She took took the discovery, she hid it, and she was then fired now if anyone can do that way back then and for everything we know today i call her a recidivist and why can i beat her and not a carly fiorina or one of the other gentlemen because first of all it's not going to be a republican they have already established who they want to be in that uh, nomination uh, position okay joe What they have got to have is someone like myself, who is not owned by the Democrats, not owned by the Republicans, not owned by any independents. I am not owned by the banks. I am not owned by the establishment. I am not owned by anyone. I serve at the will of the people. And this time, this candidate will be listening to the people, whether they whisper or they shout. So when I tell you that I'm going to beat Hillary Clinton, I'm telling you that because I have studied it since that lady came to the forefront as the first lady of the United States of America. Do you realize that she was a absolute turnkey to everything that went wrong in the William Jefferson Clinton uh, presidency when uh, Vince Foster died? Her hands were all in that blood. I know. I'm, I'm, familiar when... with
2: the, I'm familiar with the alleged crimes of the Clinton crime family. But, again, okay. uh, my my question still is, okay, you've, you've called out her particular fault, which I agree with. But for you to be elected, you need votes, and you need the electoral college. What makes you think you're going to get those votes? You need millions of votes. Now, I'm not talking about your credentials. I'm talking about what is your strategy for actually getting the millions of people to vote for you when they don't know that you're running. I'm
5: glad you asked that. It's your job to see to us that we get elected, because you will be president in 2016, and it's important for you to gather up as many of your constituents to get us elected. Now, what state are you in? Montana. Montana. Thank you very much. I was on your uh, ballot in Montana. Now, what I need you to do is I need you to get you, yourself, and I want at least 10 to 20 true, tried and blue patriots who are going to become our electors. Once you get those electors and you get them to commit to us, we the people, we are going to be elected because we will have Montana, then we will have Arizona, then we will have Florida, and what we're going to do is we're going to do it quickly. And we're going to take you as a captain of Montana, because you understand that Hillary Clinton must never be president of the United States of America, and since she's going to be the only nominee in that Democrat crooked party, unless she gets uh, indicted and prosecuted and detained, we have that situation on our hands. So you want to know how we're going to do it? Any kind of, uh, any person that is going to be elected has to have 270 electors. We walk into the well of Congress with more electors than we need. We're going to have 600 of them, and these are going to be tried-and-true patriots. When we walk into that well of Congress, the Democrats will have their number of delegates, the Republicans will have theirs, It won't matter because under the Constitution, that decision of the president of the United States of America is decided in the well of Congress. And we aren't leaving, Joe, until we are elected president. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get our signatures. We're going to be on the uh, ballot. I'd like to be on every primary ballot. But let me tell you, as the independent candidate... I'm going to come all the way through from the start, which I've already done, through to the finish, dear sir, because it's up to us to spread the word that we have a true candidate. Now, let me say to you, Joe, if you're asking yourself right now, why isn't she up there on the debate? And why isn't she out there on the television news screens and so on and so forth? Because, Joe, like a rose, if it if it blossoms too soon, then it dies a little too soon. So we have got to get our foot, our foot soldiers on the ground, and we got to make sure that everybody is together on the same message. And here's the message. Here's the message, sir. You will wake up on Election Day 2016 You will look in the mirror and you won't have to ask yourself, which of the two, which of the lesser of the two evils will I vote for this time? Will it be a Republican? Will it be a Democrat? No. You will be looking at the person that you are going to elect that morning. It will be you. And since there can only be one name on the ballot, it behooves us to do everything in our power to see to it that we get Sam. Fiddle, elected for all of us. Go ahead with more of your
2: questions. Well, I've got a couple more, but I'm sure Bart has, as he said, he's got more listeners on the line. So if he wants to bring them in, that's fine, and then I can come back with a couple of my questions after these people have their time.
3: And I really appreciate
2: that, Joe, and
3: and we will do that. We will bring things back around. Um, So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Susan. Uh, If you have any comments or if you have any questions, uh for our guest. Uh go ahead, then I'll proceed with uh my next question. Go ahead, Susan.
4: Uh, no, I've i talked to her so much. I don't really have a question other than um you know, I how many or are you on any uh, state, you know, uh, now, at this point? Uh does it look like you have any?
5: No, we are not on uh, the ballots. I'm not going to uh, consider that we're on the ballots until we have all the signatures we need. In the state of West Virginia, we need a fee $2,500 to get on there. They they could care less whether you get your signatures or not. They want the money. Uh, In the state of Louisiana, it's either 10,000 signatures or $850. We are now getting all the people together. We have them, we're getting them in New York, we're getting them in. Uh, Texas, we're getting them in Florida, we're getting them in Ohio. We want to win Ohio. So the best thing that Mr. Jeter did was to bring me on so that I could reach as many of the listeners. Because even if we have 10 listeners, you 10 listeners will go out there and send these uh, podcasts across the nation. I know that he has many, many, many thousands. Oh, I hear a background. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, do. I don't know if that's coming from yourself or Susan or somebody. So,
5: no, I don't think so. But but you let me know, okay? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm, that we we need to get on this. So right now we got Joe in Montana, and by and by the end of uh, this coming weekend, he's going to call me. He's going to tell me he's got all the signatures in Montana, and he's got all of our electors. And we've got Montana sewed up. Then he's going to talk to the people that he knows in the other states. And he's going to realize that there is not another leader out there today. We are the leader. So start looking at ourselves because we are going to be president of the United States of America. Have you ever heard any other candidate profess to you that it is up to us? It is not up to me. It is up to us. We want to be president of the United States of America so we can get back to governing ourselves. Now, I've just got to tap on the shoulder to lighten up because I'm so fierce and I'm so strong. I'm so powerful. And I have uh, and you can probably hear that there's an anger in my voice. So, Robert, with your permission, I am angry, ladies and gentlemen, I'm angry because I have to apologize for the position that we find ourselves in as patriotic Americans. We have an illegal ineligible in our White House that we are supporting right down to the shoes that he chagrinally laughs at us in. He eats our food. He's in our finest home. They wear those clothes we pay for. This is the first time we've had someone in the White House that has uh, 32 servants working for for them, or for her, or for it. I'm, I'm not going to play with this. I'm telling you right now. I have to apologize for the situation we find ourselves in, and that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be on an apology uh, apology tour once I get the the uh, donations that we need, the the contributions that we get. And let me tell you, Joe was asking, how are we going to do this? Do you realize, ladies and gentlemen, that if you stick your your hand in your pocket for 20 bucks, and there are 333 million of us in this United States of America, 190 million voted in the last election, and we just get 1 million to stick 20 bucks into our kitty We have 20 million dollars. We are going to use the social network like no one else has ever done before. It was used in Barack Obama's day, but he didn't need our money. He had the Muslim Brotherhood money. He had the fanatical uh, illegals that were putting him into office, the George Soros and all the rest of them that wanted the corruption and the destruction that you've got in your country right now. So, with that said, we can do this, and I'm willing to
3: lead this.
0: Go ahead, Robert.
3: Okay, and then my next question is, what would you say to those folks who would say that because uh, you, you say you're, you know, a conservative, and I'm not doubting that. So, of course, uh, being, you know, from that, what would you say to folks who were, you would say, we've, we've all heard this before, that you would be splitting the vote of conservatives, opening up the door for a Hillary Clinton victory?
5: That I would not be splitting the vote at all. That's a bunch of nonsense. What you have to understand is I am telling the people now to take the deeds and ours off of their back and put on an a for American. no more will we look at a republican or a democrat to win this election it's not happening people it is not happening for the love of god country and us we the people take back your sovereignty and understand that i'm not splitting the the vote i am telling you that you make your commitment. I am asking you to make your commitment to yourself and let us finish this job in our White House. That's how we do it. We're not splitting the vote. There is nothing you can do in sludge. You get stuck in it, it's, it's corrupted, it's bankrupted. We cannot do this anymore. So you've got to put your faith and trust in you and now that you now that i've mentioned faith let me tell you faith i care not what your faith is i care that you have faith first in our creator that you breathe thanks to him and then i hope that you have faith in yourself so that you can have faith in sam because SAM stands for Saving America's Majesty for the Millions. My name is Sheila. It is a New York debutante name. And that name was a God-blessed name. Along the way, in the book of Kings, First Kings and Second Kings, when young Samuel came to his father Elijah and said, Yes, Father, you called me? His, his father said, No, Elijah, go back to sleep. I didn't call you. And then the young man went back to sleep. He got up again and he went to his father and he said, Yes, father, you called me. And his father said, No, Eli- no, no, son, go back to sleep. No, Samuel, go back to sleep. And the next time you hear that sound, that, that noise, you just say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening.
2: With that? Oh, okay, but I still have a few more questions. Whenever your other guests, so, I mean your other callers. Okay. Yeah, go, uh, go it ahead. sounds like you were. You you
3: you're still there? Uh, okay, it sounds like she broke up there for a second. Go ahead, Joe. I'm well, right here. I'm okay.
5: right here. Okay.
2: Uh, you call yourself he, a very he has sta- some
5: other questions.
2: Yeah, you call yourself a very staunch conservative. Does that mean you embrace the uh, Bush doctrine?
5: I don't embrace any doctrine, sir. I embrace the American doctrine, and the American doctrine. Okay. So means,
2: does that mean what? What is your particular um, philosophy regarding foreign wars?
5: Foreign wars are going to be taken care of. T- taken care of after the American war is taken care of. We have a war going on right now under the surface. Are you aware of it?
2: Yeah, the so-called war against poverty cost us seventy. 70- billion dollars and didn't do anything so i know there's a war against the United- i'm i'm aware of the war against the american people and i'm also one that for years um have been telling people that the um the uh, the solution to our so-called two-party system is for everybody to get up and on election day just vote for an independent no extra effort no extra money just vote for any independent that's on the ballot because even if they know nothing about government 435 new people in Congress Wiping out the Democrats and Republicans If they're constitutional minded Would still be better For them fumbling and stumbling Than to have career politicians So I'm with you on that But as a conservative Most conservatives want to continue the wars In the Middle East And want to continue to so-called protect our borders And our nation By instigating wars overseas Now I want to find out are you going to take the troops home? Or are you going to leave them over there? Or what's your policy regarding that?
5: It's imperative, sir, that we, de- that we look upon our military leaders who have had years and years of study and education, and uh, they know the best in ballistics, they know the best in uh, strategies, and we will have the best secretary of defense that you could fathom, We will have a 38-year veteran who has come out of the United States Air Force and the Army, and he has served out in the field. But let's not talk about a foreign war now, because I totally disagree with us sending out money to countries when our country is having a war right here. So, Joe, if I may approach you with all due respect, sir, the war that I'm speaking about is you had, in July of 2013, Over 200,000 illegal Muslims were flown into your country by this destructive uh, resident in the White House. They are all over the United States of America. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of ICE's
2: program policy of releasing um, immigrants when they've been convicted and deported, and when they've come back over the border again, they've released them again. I'm not for immigration. But you're still not answering my question. If you're still going to fund the military, if the military says to you, Madam President, we've got an uprising over there in Angola or where the, the terrorists are in North Africa, we should go over there, and you say yes, all you're doing is continuing American exceptionalism under the Bush doctrine. Now, outside of that, my other question is, what do you think of the Federal Reserve?
5: I don't like the Federal Reserve. We need to we need to go back to coining our money, just like the Constitution uh, wanted to do in the very beginning, sir. We have got to get rid of this debt that we are just totally burdened with, and it can be done. And I would love to tell you the plan that I've got immediately once we get into office— but it's not going to be, uh, we're not going to be able to do that, to, to, because you sound like a smart man. Let me just give you one uh, three-letter word and see if you read my lips. And it isn't Bush. It's John Fitzgerald Kennedy. And I yeah, think you understand. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah.
2: And, and I was yeah, worried sure. about we Ron have Paul to
5: get into the office for the first. same
3: Well, one person at a
2: time, guys. Let's not talk over each other. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, and, you know, go
5: ahead,
2: and as I said, I was worried about Ron Paul for the same reason. But people have to take the bullet, as it were, if they're going to get things done, especially if they're going to be against the uh, the, stand, uh, the status quo. So that's something you're going to have to do if you're serious about running for the presidency.
5: Absolutely. Joe, we have got to get back to being Americans, sir. We've got to get back to being Americans. We've got to first start with our sovereignty. We've got to go back and use the Constitution the way it was designed for it. If you go into a—do a, uh, you know how small those little booklets are that tell us the entire Constitution? And yet we have over 88,000 sheets of, of laws on in the IRS. Yeah, we have six million
2: laws on the books. Yeah. So, yeah.
5: Okay, that's that's correct, sir. And now we've got more because we've got a man that just went crazy with breaking laws to make laws. So here's the plan, Joe. Here's what you're going to hear, and I want you to commit to me before you get off of the phone tonight, or first thing tomorrow morning when you dial two zero two three one six six two seven eight, or go to sam2016.com, send me an email. At sam at SamUSA.com I'm trying to get you to understand We have got to get in there first And we are going back to the future America first American families first American jobs first America first last and always Joe We should not be in a war Right now with ISIS ISIS was built By Barack Hussein Obama And Hillary Clinton OK, and and this is a conversation that I have so much information, sir, that I can answer all of your questions. But the point that I'm making right now is we've got to get in there first. So whatever I don't answer tonight, you feel free to call me and you let me know what your plans are, because this is your life on the lines as well as your brotherhood in the, in the United States. Uh, so go ahead. Ask me other questions that you may have.
2: Well, then,
3: yeah. well, let's go ahead before. Well, hold on. Let's go ahead and, and i'm I'm sure we all have uh, some other questions, So, let, but let's go ahead first and bring it uh, back to Susan and see if Susan's got any uh, things she'd like to add or any questions she'd like to add on that. Go ahead, Susan. Sure. Um, well, I can only say
4: that the last good president we had, in my opinion, was Donald Kennedy. And he tried to stop. He, Therapy. He tried to get us back to the gold standard. Um, he tried to do a lot of things, and they do it. And so I hope that she, Sam is understanding okay. that they may do some things. and need further.
3: Okay, so
5: tell me her question, Robert.
3: She she kind of broke up there. What was that, Susan? Yeah, she was broken
4: up. I said they may target her because they did Kennedy. They have others, so she needs to be prepared for that.
2: Yeah, she's ready that I'm, of I'm of all right.
5: right. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, and, and and Susan, if you can hear me, I, I have no fear. I have no fear uh, from any man. I only have I only fear God, who can take my soul. I fear no man that can take my body. But let me just tell you. Uh, that is the reason we are going to come in with a very good oiled organization, and it's going to take all of these states to get together and, and do what Joe said. Get off of the Republican Party, get off of the Democrat Party, because it's one bunch of sludge now. You're not going to get anything out of it, and we've got to start all over again. So when you ask me about questions like, what are we going to do about border security? What are we going to do about uh, the illegal citizens. Uh, they're, they're not citizens. that's illegal. Beg your pardon. What What are, what are we going to do uh, about changing American history back into American history? Uh, go mm-hmm. ahead and and ask me, uh, Robert. What questions might you have?
3: Well, one of that is you know in, in part, you know because uh, the way that they have such a lockdown. And I'm talking about the Republican and Democrat parties. Uh, in what way would you? This two pronged question. In what way would you be able to break the duopoly? And two, uh, with us doing electronic uh, voting and a lot of the uh, speculation that there's, you know, a lot of fraud involved with that, and pretty much uh, it's the machines and those who control the machines that actually picks the presidency. How can we overcome that? Or how, how do you feel like that could be well, overcome?
5: I I have the answer, and I think Joe's going to love the answer, but getting it done is going to take all of us and getting this message out as quickly as you can. I prefer that we all send our votes in early to the Secretary of State, but they be certified, which is $2.10. You're holding your receipt, and you're holding your copy in your hand and those go into the secretary of state with the name sam tittle on it and once those secretaries of state are holding those signatures those uh, those votes in their hands under that certification when we come into the well of congress and all of all of those little uh, tabs that we have collected come in with us we win the vote We don't have to worry anymore about the electronic, illegal, corrupt votes. Because let me tell you what happened when I came in. Joe, you're going to love this. Mm -hmm. I was the first declared Republican National Party candidate, and I was coming in as fierce as you could possibly uh, fathom. Go back and look at the videos. I went from the dead last bottom floor, uh, stepped on, all the way up to the first tier, I got up with Mitt Romney, Rick Santorum, Newt Gingrich, Michelle Bachman. I got up there with Herman Cain. Me, I did. But once I came out, they decided that they did not want me to be that candidate for the Republican Party. So when they went into the convention and they, uh, they called Ron Paul up, Ron Paul won Massachusetts, Mitt Romney state. Ron Paul won in Louisiana. Ron Paul won in Mississippi. But when he got up there to bring his delegates, who paid all the money to get to that convention, they changed the rules within 20 minutes. Go back and look at the video Mm -hmm. and and put this in there. Ron Paul's uh, delegates were stolen. Put that in there and you're gonna see and you're gonna gasp for air. Once I, I was working with the Federal Election Commission all the way through, I kept telling them, uh, gentlemen, they're not letting me into the into the South Carolina debate. They want me to pay thirty five thousand dollars when none of the rest of them are paying one single red dime to get up there. And they kept saying, Go, Sam, you got to, you gotta fight and I called three and four times a day into Nikki Haley's office. Finally the young man said, Miss Tittle, I'm sorry to be uh the, the bearer of bad news, you're you're just You're you're wasting your time now. They've decided that you're going to have to pay $35,000 to get into that uh, debate, whereby no one else is doing it. And I'm going to deny this. They would rather have a black Republican man, Herman Cain, go up against a black Democrat man, Barack Obama. So we're not ready at this time for you. So with that said, when that happened at the convention, what I did is I jumped off, Joe. I jumped off, and I went on for the write-in candidacy, and I got 38 states out of 50, Joe. 38 out of 50, okay? Mm-hmm. And what happened is I got the 55 electors in California, Joe, and what happened then is that Barack Obama didn't have enough, and Mitt Romney didn't have enough, and I was holding the 55 electors. However, because of the corruption, they shut down California early. They shut down New Mexico early, and they didn't take those people's votes. Call and ask for Anthony Escobar, who was still standing in line to go vote at 5 o'clock p.m. Ask other people that were out on the West Coast. They were beside themselves. They didn't get to vote. They were already calling it on Fox News. That Mitt Romney was, it started out that Mitt Romney was winning, and then they flipped it over to uh, Barack Obama. So with that said, it's got to be what I just told you. That's the best way to do it. Everyone that I can get out to to say, get your vote in on paper, Sam Tittle, under a certified uh, little tiny slip of paper. You all have seen it from the post office. It's registered or certified. Certified is
2: two dollars and ten cents. It's legal. And we win. Joe, do you have any
3: other ideas? No, like I said, real quick, uh, just real 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 quick, uh folks, just as a reminder to that you brought up about uh, the the two thousand twelve and uh you know, the Ron Paul campaign. here's an audio clip of uh some of the delegates uh after being barred from the convention. <laughs>
1: This is fraud! Convention this is, a fraud. is a fraud! They don't get there talking about we support our
0: soldiers! They got seven of them on our delegation! Two recently!
1: I was chair. I was duly elected as a delegate for the state of Maine by a thousand of my fellow Republicans. Gandhi, Gandhi, Gandhi,
0: Gandhi, 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 Gandhi.
3: how they kind of uh, erupted after that. And then also, uh, here's what some of the Ron Paul supporters had to say about the
7: GOP. I want to make sure that when the Republican Party loses uh, terribly to, in my opinion, the worst president in American history, um, I want them to make sure that it's because they systematically shut out the most intelligent, most active, and youthful voting bloc in American history.
6: Hi, I'm Zach Weissmuller with Reason TV. We're here at the Tampa State Fairgrounds with the diehard Ron Paul fans waiting for Paul Fest.
7: Paul Fest is uh, the grassroots uh, celebration of uh, sort of the end of the 2012 Ron Paul campaign. It is not done with the cooperation or attendance of uh, Ron Paul or the official Ron Paul machine. How do you feel like the Ron Paul
6: faction has been treated by the Republican Party this time around? I mean, definitely as the outcast. We are playing by the rules, Mm -hmm. okay? That's why the other side is so frustrated. You feel like the other side's not playing by the rules? They're
1: changing the rules by the minute!
6: The few people I've talked to here so far seem to be pretty frustrated with the Republican Party right now. Can you explain uh, where that frustration's coming from?
7: Um, It's largely coming from what we've seen in the last couple of weeks with the fights over whether Ron Paul's various state delegations would be seated. It was a kangaroo, of
6: course. I came down here as a delegate, thinking we could have a conversation about rules, platform uh, procedures and, and maybe be brought into the, the, the campaign and you know get some of our planks you know accepted. And, but you know they, they made clear yesterday that they perceive us more as a nuisance than potential allies during the state convention. we got railroaded, we didn't end up getting seated at the convention
7: here in Tampa.
8: Let, let delegates participate and actually have a voice instead of just scripting the whole thing like it already is.
7: Romney is probably lost even some of the support he might have had. There is definitely a very bad taste in the mouth about Romney and about the official Republican political machine. If you even want to imply that we are involved in some kind of common cause with a monster like Mitt Romney, then you have missed the whole point of the Ron Paul revolution. I am not planning on supporting Mitt Romney. Why
6: not? Well, uh, after seeing the tactics employed by his campaign yesterday, you know, it really upset me.
8: There's no way I could support someone like him.
6: How does this affect your attitude towards the Republican Party?
8: It makes me feel like they are a bunch of um, idiots. huh
6: You can reform the Republican Party if you want to. Look at the way the Republican Party has
7: treated Ron Paul. If Romney wins the nomination, I'll be supporting Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson's campaign is making a very intelligent bid for the Ron Paul voter. He's not afraid to come here and ask for the Ron Paul vote.
2: We'll show
7: the world
2: and
6: the nation that what Ron Paul has stood for is not a
8: fluke. It's the future. Live free!
6: Live free! The frustration, I think, can get focused in a way that will have uh, an impact in this election, and that would be uh, voting for me, to
7: say that they'll go third party. You
3: know, of course, that was Gary Johnson, uh, who was uh, running for the Libertarian Party uh, presidential uh, candidate. And so we've seen the consternation, we've seen the anger from the, and I think that that's a big part of why... Romney uh, lost is that they really did lose a lot of the support uh, from uh, those folks as well as a lot of conservatives for what happened there during the 2012 uh, convention.
5: No, Robert, no. I'm going to tell you why Mitt Romney lost. In August of 2012, August of 2012, Barack Obama was losing badly in the polls. Mitt Romney did start to rise with a little bit of the confusion that was going on in the country. And what happened is they needed a crisis. So Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama planned a fake stage kidnapping. And in her email, she, they just determined the truth, the word planned, P-L-A-N-N-E-D, they planned that fake stage kidnapping. He needed a crisis, and he was going to uh, rescue the hostages. They had Navy SEALs just 12 uh, miles offshore, and they were going to take Ambassador Christopher Stevens, a 20-year friend of Hillary Clinton's and Bill Clinton's, to the back room with the other 30 CIA agents. But what happened is Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama were illegally gun-running out of Libya, through Turkey, and into Syria, which now we have that Syrian refugee problem. They built that. While they had that, uh, Mitt Romney, again, was climbing. But when they realized with those, I tell you the truth, uh, it was approximately 160 and 180 of the electoral votes under that electoral college, it was time to come into the well, okay? And they, they said to Mitt Romney, they said these things, what, you think the people are going to go with you, Mitt? Who is not eligible to be president You never naturalized At the age of 18 Your mother and father Mexican nationals George Romney Go look it up Always go look it up Google it And they looked at him and said uh, with uh, With that chagrin on his face What? They're going to take you Mitt Romney As opposed to I hear a voice uh, they're going to take you, Mitt Romney, as opposed to Barack Obama, who's been in there all the, uh, for these last few years, who they already know. That's how they did this, okay? And and that's how they put Barack Obama back into the uh, office of the presidency. But let me just say one more thing so that Joe gains confidence. Joe, there are many congressmen and women that should now be uh, incarcerated indicted and now penalized severely because in 2008 they might not have known that Barack Obama was illegal or ineligible, but in 2012, sir, they absolutely knew that once they were putting their names on those those signatures on that uh, certification of the presidency, they knew he was illegal. So they were in a conspiracy Uh, under the RICO Act to put in an illegal they knew was illegal and ineligible, okay? So where we go from here is we learn from that mistake and you get out there and you do everything in your power to call as many people as you can and you start talking to them and you tell them, get off of Ted Cruz Marco Rubio, Bobby Jindal, and Rick Santorum, they're not eligible under the Constitution of the United States, and you can argue till you're blue in your face, but when you realize uh, that they are not eligible, you will have turned blue in the face. Then you move over to Chris Christie. Chris Christie appointed a Muslim judge who is all for Sharia law. Is that what you want? A Chris Christie in the White House that's going to bring in Sharia law if he's ever president of the United States of America. And then we'll move over to Carly Fiorina. Carly Fiorina has a private jet that she owned with $100 million of the money that she made off of the Hewlett Packard uh, uh, debacle. Okay? I know Carly Fiorina. I used to put people in Hewlett-Packard through Carly Fiorina in my employment agency. Also, you've got uh, Mike Huckabee, lovely man, wonderful, but he's he's already run the race. They don't believe that he's strong enough. They don't believe he can pull it together, and they don't believe it's going to happen because the Republican Party is never going to permit him. Now let's move over to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is involved in a $1.4 billion fraud case with 40 other uh, conspirators. And it's under the RICO Act, for sure. Don't take my word for it. Go look it up. It's called Trump University. He's a co-defendant with uh, George Soros. And they stole millions to billions of dollars at $35,000 a pop. And if you want that kind of a man in your presidency, then you deserve what you get. I'm still going to live in the United States of America because we will be president of the United States of America with every.
0: And since you brought it up,
3: I do got some... Sam, since you did bring it up, uh, I do have an audio I uh, believe from back when uh, Christie was, we'll listen to, uh, make, to make sure, but uh, when Christie was defending him uh, appointing that judge. Uh,
1: ignorance. Ignorance is behind the criticism of Sahel Mohammed. Sahel Muhammad is an extraordinary American who is an outstanding lawyer and played an integral role in the post-September 11th period in building bridges between the Muslim American community in this state and law enforcement. I was there for it. I saw it personally. And the folks who criticize my appointment Sahel Muhammad are ignorant, absolutely ignorant of that, and they're criticizing him because he's a Muslim American and because he represented people who were inappropriately detained by the FBI post-9-11 the fact of the matter is, there were lots of people inappropriately detained by the FBI post-9-11. It was a very difficult time for law enforcement. And Sohail Muhammad represented, as part of his practice at that time, folks who were inappropriately detained. None of them that Sohail Muhammad represented ever were charged with any crimes of terrorism. And they were, they were released because of his diligent and zealous representation of them. In addition to that, he set up for me, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and the FBI personally dozens of meetings with Muslim American leaders across the state to convince them that federal law enforcement could be trusted in the aftermath of September 11th and that they should be working with us to provide information and leads to help to combat potential terrorist attacks in our state. That's the kind of guy Sohail Mohammed is. And I was proud to nominate him. I was disgusted, candidly, by some of the questions he was asked by both parties at the Senate Judiciary Committee. I thought it was awful. And, um, but in the end, the Senate did the right thing because the facts were undeniable. That Sahel Muhammad is an outstanding attorney and will be an outstanding judge. And I'm going there to be at his swearing-in today because he's someone who merited my support with my nomination of him. And I am confident that he'll be an outstanding judge. Second Muslim American to be put on the bench here in New Jersey. I'm proud to have been able to do that, but not just because he's a Muslim American. I nominated Sohail Muhammad because he's a good lawyer and an outstanding human being, and that's what people get to know about Sohail over his time on the bench. Sharia law has nothing to do with this at all. It's crazy, it's crazy that Guy's an American citizen who has been an admitted lawyer to practice in the state of New Jersey, swearing an oath to uphold the laws of New Jersey, the Constitution of the state of New Jersey, and the Constitution of the United States of America, and has never been accused of doing anything but honorably and zealously acquitting the oaths he took when he became a lawyer to license to practice in this state. And so this Sharia law business is crap. It's just crazy. And I'm tired of dealing with the crazies. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just unnecessary to be accusing this guy of things just because of his religious background. And that's what it's because. Because I've known him personally now for nine years. And there is nothing to any of this stuff. I'm not going to talk about Sharia law because Sharia law has nothing to do with Sohail Muhammad and his time as a lawyer or his service on the bench in Besaik County, which I know will be long and honorable, and the people of Besaik County, people of the state, will benefit from it. I'm happy that he's willing to serve after all this baloney.
3: Okay, please, so uh, please, we'll go please in there and, and get your first. thoughts on that, and okay. then Joe's, and then uh, Susan. Go ahead, yeah, uh, Sam. Yeah.
5: Okay, uh, yes, please, very, very much so. This is what I want all of you to listen to. You listen to the same thing that I listened to with Governor Chris Christie in the state of New Jersey. Three times, I counted it, three times he said Muslim Americans. He didn't say American Muslim he said Muslim American Furthermore he dares to call you ignorant when he knows that we are smart enough we are intelligent enough to know when we see uh something going wrong let me point out to you that I've got the Quran right now in my hand it's a green Leatherback book with the gold all over it. And all in the book of Shura 678, it says that they lie to their own God. Why wouldn't he lie to do whatever it takes to come in and turn our Constitution on its head to where they are now suing our companies? And let me point out to you particularly, yes, I am angry, Robert. Uh, There is a a beer company that was sued, and and the EEOC won $240,000 against this small company by Muslims who took a job knowing that they were going to have to transport beer, stayed in the job for a short time, and then filed an EEOC because they knew our law. They take our Constitution, they flip it on its head. That's what they're doing with our First Amendment. They're putting the uh, Sharia law and their Islam uh, uh, religion into our schools in Tennessee and Texas. Sixteen states have banned Sharia law. Would a governor have to uh, ban Sharia law if he didn't have some kind of an issue, thinking that they have enough problems with these people coming into our country? We never had these problems before. We had this man in our White House. So when you hear me telling you that I'm going to fight with every breath in my body, I will look at uh, Governor Christie and I will say to him, thank you very much. Do whatever you can do to keep America up and safe. You will never be president of the United States of America for the simple fact that you didn't have enough common sense to call that man an American Muslim, even by an error, because these Muslims will never be Americans. I want you to understand that. I have no problem, and I don't care how many of you people call me racist. I have not a racist bone in my body, but I do have an American bone in my body. And these Muslims are not going to come in and infiltrate your schools and infiltrate your neighborhoods, and they're going to take over the Dearborn, Michigans, and they're going to take over the Redlands, Virginia, and they're going to take over the Bakersfield, uh California, and they're going to bring in their little enclaves of people, and then they're going to tell you that you can't walk on your American streets, and you can't have a religion in your school, and you can't have that uh, uh, Christmas tree anymore because it has the word Christ in it. You better believe, you better believe when I speak to you, we will be president of the United States of America. So help me God. And let me just finish off with this one, Robert. In the beginning, God used a woman to bring forth nations, all of us people. And then he used a woman, a young 16 year old woman, to bring forth a savior to save these nations, and believe me, we people need some saving. But this time, he's going to use a woman to restore this nation, and that woman happens to be yours truly, Sam. Sam Tittle, saving America's majesty for millions. And if you think I'm not angry enough, you just keep it up, because Walmart is facing the fact that these Uh, people are coming in there, and they want five prayer rugs a day, leaving the Seventh-day Adventists to work their jobs, leaving the Catholics, the Jews, everybody's doing the work, because the Muslims want their holidays, uh, 28 days of Ramadan, and they want to be paid by these corporations. They want their prayer rugs. Uh, let, Let me tell you, Robert, when you brought on Uh, Sam, you brought on the next president of the United States of America because this is not about me. This is not about money. This is not about celebrity. This is about we, the people, we, the people who are going to win our lives back because right now we are all hanging by a thread. So with that said, I yield.
3: Okay, let's go ahead and bring it to Joe. But first, uh, before we do that, Uh, Just let folks know There's only about uh, 34 minutes Before we go into what's called The extended period of the show Now, while the extended period of the show Will be part of the archive uh, Unfortunately, if you are just listening in uh, You will not And not called in You will not be able to hear Even more importantly And participate in the extended period So give us a call at 347-945-7428 if you would like to uh, listen in to the uh, extended query of the show, uh, just just call. And if you'd like to chime in, just push the 1 on your number dial. And again, the number is 347-945-7428. Uh, but do it within the next half hour or, unfortunately, uh, you'll kind of miss it. But the show will be uh, still available in its entirety on the podcast, which will be available shortly after the show. Uh, So let's go ahead, and you heard the clip. You heard everything uh, that our guest uh, still had to say. Uh, What's your thoughts,
9: Joe?
3: We still have Joe on the line here.
5: I wonder if we have Joe.
3: Well, I still see him in the... uh, you know, I still see him in the uh, queue. Uh, so what we'll do I is uh, uh, while we're waiting, yeah, so while we're still waiting for Joe, uh, let's go ahead and bring it back over to you, Susan.
4: Oh, well, uh, Chris Christie, hmm. yeah, gag me now. No, I don't like him. I don't want him. But I will say I worked for a Muslim family, and it is in Inusa, Texas, and I dearly love them. And I just called them the other day in Texas, and asked how they were doing. They said, they miss Idaho. They loved Idaho. They missed me. They miss their neighbor, Billy, which I'm friends with her. And uh, the two little girls called. They're, they're, they're in Texas, and they're like, we miss Auntie Susan and Auntie Billy. When is Auntie Susan coming to clean our house? And he says, we just miss you guys. You were always so good to us, and Idahoans were so good. He's a doctor, and they offered him a higher wage because he's very, very good. He's a Pakistan. And um, I don't think every Muslim is that way. Uh, I really don't. There are some good people out there, and they always treat me good. And you know what? Christmas, they don't celebrate, but they did give me a gift for Christmas. So, uh, you know, and I have, uh, I've had a Jewish couple that I cleaned for, and even though they didn't celebrate Christmas, they still gave me a bonus. So a lot of times, different people who you work for and they care about you, they will do things to you despite the fact they don't believe that way. So I will stand up for, uh, I'm not going to give up my friendship with this family just because of Chris Christie's comment, you know, because I don't think every American Muslim <laughs> is bad. I really don't.
3: Okay, Jeff. You know, I I always wondered why, when they do the hyphenated, they always have the American last. And I I think I find it interesting because if we're supposed to be an American first, I mean, wouldn't you say it uh, as, excuse me, as you put it, Sam, uh, an American Muslim, or let's say an American African, or American Asian, or I mean, I'm not a fan at all of uh, the hyphenated names. Uh, But it definitely you know kind of is telling, at least in my opinion where they put their uh, original nationality uh as um you know as first and so um you know I just find I just find that interesting. And Joe I, to be I, happy back yeah, on.
5: I'd like to respond to Susan's uh uh thought. Susan, there are some really wonderful, lovely people. There really are. And I want you to know that ever since this little girl, uh, my weakness is I love all people. I really do. But when a Muslim or a Hispanic or a Puerto Rican or someone comes into the United States of America, they have got to know that they've got to assimilate into our culture first. That is pledging Mm -hmm. allegiance to our flag. That is not walking out like some Muslims did to the French uh, uh, anthem in their country. We have got to show that we are one country. We'll let people come in and assimilate. But I don't want you to lose any of your friends. Uh, I know I know uh, Muslim people as well, but the thing about it is, when you uh, when you speak to them, let me give you an example really quickly, Susan. I went to do a speech. I was invited to do a speech, and I thought that it was a Jewish uh, group that I was coming into because they led me to believe that it was Jewish. So I came in, and it, it wouldn't have mattered what uh, nationality they were or what religion. But I gave the speech, and I was talking about how we were going to handle the border security and handle our military and see to it that the people were going to be able to uh, be covered with their social security and we wouldn't be sending out money to foreign countries before we could take care of our people. And after the meeting, Susan, they walked up to me, three women walked up to me and said these words, so help me God. You know, Sam, Sam, We drive Mercedes-Benz, and we own businesses here in the United States. And we would vote for you if you could promise us one thing. And I listened to them, and I continued to be quiet about it. And they said, we would like to have Sharia law in the United States of America. It is our law. Well, I continued to listen. And then she said, we have some uh, family members that are now working at Walmart and they do want to do their prayer rug and it's being they're not being allowed to right now. And we also want our holiday, the Ramadan, and get paid for it. So I let her finish and then here it comes, Susan. I looked at the three ladies, very nicely dressed, and I said, ladies, the answer to your request is no, 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 and no. I'm not here to be liked or disliked. I'm here to see to it that we continue with equal rights for all, special privileges for none. We are in the United States of America where everyone has the same right under our Constitution, and no one will come in and flip it and use it against us for their religion as opposed to our religion or their practices of prayer as opposed to another's practice of prayer. And so with that said, they came back and said to me, uh, what we want to do is have uh, our Sharia law. And I said, no, ma'am, it's not going to happen. I have studied Sharia law, and it is your judicial system in your Muslim and Islam countries. And we are not going to intertwine it because we have what we call in Article 6 the Supremacy Clause. That is to say that there will be no other law in the United States of America. I am applying for the job of the presidency of the United States of America, and I plan to uphold the Constitution to every tittle and jot in it. So if you really believe that you want Sharia law, you will have to go to a country that serves you well. It is not going to be in the United States of America. And they were graceful and they were gracious, Susan, and I shook their hands and I, I thanked them for allowing Hello. Did we lose her? I don't
4: know. You
3: didn't lose me,
4: but she disappeared. No,
5: we don't really like that, to wear those outfits. Oh, we uh, just uh, have well, we to launched. do it because that's our religion.
3: What? Well, we we we, we lost you for a little Sam. We lost you there for a little bit. Uh, so um, <laughs> you might have to uh, go back. You were talking about how you were shaking their hands, and then we lost you there for a bit. Oh, uh, yeah.
5: It was at the end when we got done and understood that we were not going to be able to intertwine Sharia law with our American Constitution. The Constitution is the only law of this land. And when anybody will read that law, you will always be protected and defended. And that defended, and that is what I will absolutely adhere to, the law of this land. We're not going to have anyone like Barack Obama who broke a law to make a law for gay marriage. It's not happening in the United States of America here to four. Well, 2016 election. But uh, Joe may be back.
3: Yeah, Joe, do we still have you on there? Uh, I see him still in the queue.
5: Okay. He might just be listening. But, but Susan, um, I just want to make sure that you understand, again, that I absolutely love all people. I just believe that I believe that I believe. Um, in fact, Susan, I've seen a picture uh, on your Facebook, and there is one tiny little girl with the prettiest, biggest smile I ever did see, and I want to make sure that that little girl grows up the way I did with all the freedoms of the United States of America. I don't want one freedom to be taken away from her at all. So that so that's why I'm pretty adamant about making sure that we become uh, a, a you know, a a group of citizens. Right. I understand.
4: I, I just wanted you to be, know how I felt because it's hard when you really like someone And they were always so kind to me. And, you know, I told him I was a Seventh-day Adventist. He said, you know, Seventh-day Adventists are very good people. And he was just very open on so many things. And so I don't think they're typical in some ways. He was a very good father to his girls. And I know that many Muslim men, girls are not important. Um, But he was very, very, like I said, good to his little girls. I don't know, Pakistanian ones, people... Muslims maybe because of their culture may be slightly different than say over in the Middle East part Muslims. I I don't know that I don't know that much about the different part. But um, um, they did celebrate Ramadan. I never asked them they did whether they got paid when they did that or not. I I don't know. If they did, it was probably wrong. But um, I
5: I we didn't discuss that. I never asked that. Susan, may I ask you a question? How do you feel about the airport in Florida now having a prayer room for Muslims? Not for Christians, not for Jews, but for Muslims. And the reason they got it is because the TSA at the very top has three Muslims that have... And they come from the radical background. Al and Shawar and uh, and the and the father Shawar, These were men that defended the 9/11 uh, uh, terrorists. Okay, these these are the men that were uh, lawyers and defending these people. So, but my question was, how do you feel about having a Muslim prayer room in the Florida airport with the people's tax money
4: of Florida? Um, I think that goes a little bit too far. Uh, I do. Uh, giving them the time to do this there is another thing, but I believe they could find a place to do it without creating a tax expense. So, you know, because I've had to ask employers, I can't work on Sabbath, and I've had to ask them to, excuse me, for Saturday. I, you know, have had to tell people, no, I can't eat pork because I'm an address. Uh and that's even at businesses. I can't you know. So I know what it's like to have to ask for privilege because of my faith. Um but I've never asked an airport certainly to build a room for me and nor would I do that. Now let me that go that another one. Are you well, well no. okay well, well, well,
3: wait a
5: minute, though. but go that on. would be
3: does that mean like a so does that does that mean I get Halloween or is what I call uh, the feast of uh, Sam Hain, Uh Does that mean I get that off? Because that's uh, you know a <laughs> pagan holiday, it's a Druidic holiday. So I mean, I've always I had to take a personal day every time I wanted to uh, take Halloween or as we call it the uh, feast of uh, Sam Hain, uh off. So now I could just go to my my supervisor and say because of my per- uh, personal religion, I should have every Halloween off. Uh, well, you can try it. Not, maybe that. I should try that.
5: Okay, <laughs> yeah, Susan. Also, you may not be aware that in the prisons now, in the penitentiaries, it was ordered under executive order, uh, out of the White House that the prisoners will no longer be eating pork because of the Muslims in there. The pork has been. Uh, th- nothing with pork substance will be in our prisons, okay? Uh, another thing is that in some of the stores now, the Walmart, the Target, they are requesting that there be special sections for their halal meat. Uh, why, why shouldn't a Jew have their kosher uh, foods in a particular little section? Or the Mexicans and Spanish people have theirs in a little section. No, there is international sections in some of these large uh, corporate corporate stores. However, they want their own little section by themselves. This is truth. I
4: I don't agree with that. Well, if we've got the um... to me and eating pork. I don't care because it it would violate. They're right in favor of me, and well, I
3: didn't know well, real, quick, uh, real quick, folks, is we have in the chat, and, and thank you, uh, Lucille, for your input. Uh, and we have here that uh, she put uh, the TSA is a awash uh, with Muslims, and also the prayer room at the airport was paid for by the UAE. Uh, but, however, it's, uh, she points out that that order has been repealed And says Jews are in the minority I guess with the TSA uh, Okay the Jews are in the minority and That's why with the stores And Lucille if you like to uh, chime in Just give us a call if you want to be on air At 347-945-7428 Unfortunately you probably have about 19 minutes before you could do so uh, But we will have plenty of time In our extended period And I do see a number of folks on the line So if you'd like to chime in uh, just push the one on the number dial, and I know you may have uh, called in just so you can listen to the extended period, uh, which uh will begin in about 17 minutes. But Lucille, anyone else who would like to uh, listen to the extended period, uh, just give us a call at 347-945-7428, and uh, we will get you onto the show. And speaking of that, Joe. Well, once you come back in? Just speak up. We'll get you back in. But first, we do have our good friend and panelist um, and author of the Hidden Fourth Branch uh, on the show. Welcome uh, to the show, Kelly. How are you tonight?
6: Hey, I can't uh, take too much time. I got a business thing I'm working on, but yeah, I uh, want to kind of make a few points. Um, obviously. Um, People are very upset with the Muslims. It's rather frightening that the TSA is having a prayer room for Muslims because, well, they're composed of Muslims. You know, we just happen to elect a Muslim president while we're at war with Muslims. And some would say, uh, nuke them all and send them back to Allah. And I don't subscribe to that. I really don't. Uh, I got a buddy that he's like, oh, they're just really bad. They come in peacefully and then they take over and it's all blood. Well, wait a minute. In this country, through the brilliance of our fathers and the Constitution, people are prosecuted for what they actually do. And not what they believe, whether it be one religion or another, or those who uh, want to celebrate Halloween or whatever, um, by what we do, not by what we believe. And it's, you know, amazing history that we have such a system, so it's, this guy that like he was like oh he just we have to go to war and I was like dude we can't you know I took them all out of the country you know put them up in in business like dude you can't do that we have got to follow the process of law you know your right to confront your kids your right to trial by jury the right to counsel the right to hear your Miranda rights um you know it, it's stunning how this is the way it is um, but it has to be this way for liberty. And sure enough, if the right people are in place, some of these terrorists do bad things. They're going to be rounded up by either local or state or possibly federal marshals. Again, prosecuted for what you do, not what you believe. It's 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 a stunning, beautiful system, but there is some concern to be taken advantage of. But how would one how is how would one rather have it? prosecute people for what they believe or prosecute for what people do? I guess I would, to our guests, I would actually uh, kind of pose that question.
5: That's That would be to me, right, Robert? The answer to that is we yes. enforce the law. Everyone needs to have their own belief. All of us need to respect each other's belief. That's the sovereignty that we were born with. Now, the privilege is when you're born on the American soil, you have the privilege that your belief should be respected to the highest degree. I believe totally in equal rights for all, special privileges for none, but do not come into the United States of America, into this gentleman's home, through his front door, and tell him what color sheets to use or what to eat for breakfast or what language to speak or what religion to to have, or what radio station to listen to, and that's basically common sense. So when you say, let's not prosecute people or uh, round them up for what their beliefs are, I totally agree with you. On the other hand, we must enforce the law and then go back to common sense of respect. So I hope I've answered your question.
0: Oh, actually, yeah, for
6: pretty good. You know, and if there are suspicious characters, tear what have you, Fourth Amendment allows you to go go to a judge, get a warrant, tap their phones, um, tap their cars, tap their, I don't know, tap their long neck bottles. But, you know, um, we have this when people are potentially of suspicion we do have a system to somewhat um, learn ahead of time of what they could do of course, we have laws for conspiracy, too. You can go to jail just for conspiracy. Conspiracy Correct. to commit murder, conspiracy for treason, um, conspiracy by being on Bob's uh, logic.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to
6: joke around here.
5: Thanks for that little bit of humor. We needed to lighten up. I like it.
3: But oh, well, yeah, that Kelly is, is very good and well-known for that.
5: <laughs> well, well, let me ask your guest. Uh, when when we're listening to something like Black Lives Matter, and people confront me and say, "Well, what are you going to do? How are you going to apologize to this group of Black Lives Matter?" My answer, sir, is I don't have to apologize. They need to apologize for what they're doing. They're mistaken in their belief uh, because there there is no black or white in my book. I'll take it to the spiritual level. Act seventeen twenty six. Out of one man comes all races. I'll take it to the secular. Out of dirt we all followed. Okay. So uh, with this Black Lives Matter that's going on, it, it's a it's a preoccupation. It's uh, propaganda. It's paid for by the resident in the White House and his friend George Soros, so they can cause the the, the disturbance, the destruction uh, down in the ranks of all of us people. But we still have common sense, so we want to go back to when you come into our home, sign the guest list, give us notification that you are going to legally be in our home, and then we will decide whether you'll be in our home or not. That's called enforce the laws.
2: Okay, I'm still confused about that.
5: Well, no, ask me. Uh, let, let me clear it up for you. Just ask me. Ask your question.
2: Okay, and you say saying enforce the laws. Now, what he, the call is talking about. Hey, welcome about, back, Joe. Hey, hey. <laughs> We've <laughs> been, been getting, waiting for you, Joe. I'm glad I was, you recognized his, his
0: voice.
2: The thing is, is okay. that what I think he was talking about, and I may be wrong, is something uh, akin to the minority report where not only does a person, uh, c- could a person be arrested for their religious beliefs, but also because they may be thinking of something which may be against the law, something which um, could be akin to pedophilia if the law deigns that it is. So you're saying enforce the laws. If the laws are on the books that do um, enforce uh, the Minority Report type of foundation, would you be in favor of the prosecutors um, enforcing the law?
5: I have to answer no, and let me tell you why I have to answer no. No, 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 It's okay,
2: I understand. Uh, I got no, it. no, no,
5: no, no. Okay. Let, let let me just let me just say to you, there's one law that we all should know about. Listen to this. So Barack Hussein Obama is walking around the streets and he's going from city to city to make his little speeches. And the Secret Service have been written a law under the executive order that if they don't like what they're what they're saying about this Barack Hussein Obama, that they can be arrested. That is their right and freedom of speech and freedom to assemble. Uh, To say whatever it is they want to say, that's what we do in America, as Americans. So when when I say enforce the law, uh, you know, we've got to go up to the White House and we've got to turn back 40 years of ridiculous, made-up laws that have broken the...
0: No, I understand that.
2: No, I understand that. You're talking right now, this very second, about changing the laws that are deleterious to the traditions of the American people. What I'm saying and what the caller was talking about were laws on the books, okay, or maybe on the books, that would have to be prosecuted by law, by judges, by prosecutors, against people who broke the law, regardless of whether the law made sense or not.
1: So you're saying,
2: no, okay, I got that. That's fine. Now, in order to reverse the laws, if the laws are on the books by the time, let's say, you become president, you would have to um, spearhead some sort of movement, um, and you wouldn't be presumably a member of any party, but you would have to get together the people in Congress so that they would be on your side to try to repeal the laws that would be um, in support of minority report types of laws. So... That, I presume, you would do. We
5: we have to do it, Joe. Okay, Joe, all right. Have, I got it. You, I got it. Okay, you, I got it. You had the best idea. You had the best idea. Clean house, Joe. You said it. You said okay. it yourself. We have people in there with 48 years of serving as congressmen and women. Do Do you get that?
0: Uh, you, you don't I do not even know
5: yeah. if you'd
3: call it serving Because, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's it's become part now Where it's been more like uh, we've been serving them Instead of them serving us But I want to go ahead and uh, give Kelly uh, A little bit more time uh, If there's anything else you wanted to uh, Bring in, Kelly
6: <laughs> Well, I'm hearing some suspicion And there's a right not in the Declaration Or the Constitution That was, well, it's natural There's a right to be suspicious. I have the right to be suspicious. What's going to be turned into a a warrant? And, you know, regarding representatives who are lasting so long, what we need to do, um, the Constitution allows one um, representative in uh, the U.S. House of Representatives, one for 30,000 people. We're at like one per million now. And China actually has a lot better representation ratio than we do. Um, When the representation ratio um, is very, uh, one elected person to like hundreds of thousands or millions, what happens is you have these races that take an uber amount of money, you have low turnover, you have congressmen living for themselves, you have essentially oppression on its way. And that would be a real key, is get closer to the one per 30,000 so that you're not competing with a million people for a congressman's time when you have an issue. Um, again, well, you look at uh, New Hampshire, for example. They have one per 5,000 in the state house. Their elections are low cost. They have high turnover. They don't meet much. Their their budget is, is a lot closer to balance. They have... It's a free state. Um... No no helmets required, no seatbelt. belts. Uh, jury notifications allowed in the courts. They have um, justices of the peace that are not, they don't have to be attorneys. Um, all sorts of really things that make the state free. But that's the representation ratio, it's one to five thousand. So that is one of the term limits. It's going to be about impossible to get a constitutional amendment passed. But um, that is one way is getting back and somehow Congress decided to, uh, you know, have a monopoly on who gets elected. So they, they, the numbers are just all whack there. That really is not representation of the people.
3: Well, I've always said that, um, and actually, there's only about five minutes left of the uh, live portion of the show. Now, of course, we will still be live per se, uh, even after the next five minutes But unfortunately If you're listening to the show And you're not called into the show Your audio will go boop And it will end And we don't want to see that So if you'd like to listen Or even be a part of the extended period of the show Or what sometimes we lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark uh, You can use your imagination on that uh, That's just where we have some uh, some A little bit little bit of fun uh, And so give us a call at 347 347- Nine, four, five, seven, four, two, eight. Uh, and if you'd like to get in the show, I uh, do see a number of folks uh, who are called in Joe uh, just listening. That's fine. But if you'd like to chime in, push the 1 on your number dial, and we would get you into the show. Uh, Lucy, I'll see you in the chat. That'd be great if you'd be able to uh, give us a call, either to listen in or to uh, chime in. We'd like to hear more from you. Give uh, us a call at that number, 347-945-7428. And uh, we'll go ahead and bring it back to you, Kelly. Sorry for the interruption, but of course you know uh, that we have to uh, do that uh, at this point of uh, the show. Go ahead, Kelly.
6: Well, I'm just glad this, uh, this lady came on, and it's really nice when somebody else, other than the elephants or donkeys, uh, decides. You know, somebody else comes out and and is making a difference. Um, by the way, do you know what you tell the difference? Or do you know what you yeah. get when you uh well, okay. Most Republicans and Democrats look very much the same. They have a twelve percent approval rate. Do you know what you get um and and um, when you have Republicans that are really rhinos? I mean what what do you what do you call what do you call it when an elephant mates with a rhino? You know, there's elephino.
5: Elephino. <laughs> 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 that's pretty cool. That
0: L-F-I-no. L-F-I-no. Well,
5: Uh, At at this point I just want to say good night And thank you very much for allowing me to come in And and speak with you Uh, Things can get a little rough Because I'm a diehard patriot I am a conservative uh, Because I realize that When you work you eat And we've got to all get back to working If you have any questions Please dial me at 202-316-6278 Or catch us on sam2016.com, and it would be nice if you threw in your 20 bucks for your insurance policy that will get us into the White House. And, um, Robert, I'm looking forward to you inviting me again. And Susan and Kelly and Joe, what a pleasure. Thank you very much. And I know there were a lot of people out there because I was getting beeped in myself. Uh, So thank you.
3: Well, thank you very much uh, for coming on. Uh, We'll talk again uh, both on air and off air and seeing how uh, your uh, campaign is doing. And we uh, really appreciate it. And uh, I want to say thank you for the folks who, and I believe uh, you were one of those, Susan, who uh, brought uh, my attention to Sam. And I look forward to talking with her and some of her folks as well. Very good. We're going to
5: have a great team. Thank you, Miss Susan. Thank you so much for finding us together. God bless you all, and God
0: bless America. Mm, Thank good you. Good night. Good
5: night.
3: Bye. Good night. Definitely check out her website by going to www.samm2016.com, and that is www.sam2016.com. And uh, so many of am glad to hear a little laughter there in the background. Uh, so uh, we'll bring things up as anything uh, people would want to bring in either if you watch some of the debate tonight and want to bring that up or any uh, other problem. I think But I do see we got about a minute and a half. Uh, so if anyone out there would like to chime in, listen to the extended period, give us a call at 347 And so what I'll do first is, Kelly, I know you've got to uh, go do some of your uh, business there with what you're working on. So if you have any uh, other comments uh that you'd like to bring up uh while you're on, go ahead.
6: Oh well thank you. I uh, <clears throat> I'm heading over to a meeting. I'm there's a rock bottom discount price on a gold mine. And uh I'm trying to put this together. Or you yeah. better go rabbit. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm God here in California, but I I've enjoyed this short time uh and anyway, that's about all I have to say Good night folks so. well
3: definitely no thanks Kelly. I know uh, you're working on some things uh there as well uh for uh bringing some folks onto the show and i'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that okay and yeah, now well, also yeah. uh for next week we will be covering and doing our commentary and analysis of the next or the well, tonight actually. The GOP uh, debate, and so we'll be talking more on that. We will have some audio uh, from the debate as well uh, to be part of our discussion. And so we'll look forward to that. Now, the week after that, which would be Wednesday the 11th, uh, I will not be having a Wednesday night show. I have a uh, personal engagement uh, of an anniversary type uh, that day. And so I will not be uh, doing the show. However, I may be uh, having the show a day earlier on the tenth. And so we'll uh, be looking to uh, doing the show maybe a day early. Oh, unfortunately,
0: uh, it, it looks on? like we had two-
3: one per week. Uh, yes, we ge- yeah once a week, and generally we okay. uh, you know we usually on Wednesday evenings from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. And That's Eastern. Uh, but yes, right now it's a uh, once a week. It'd, it'd be great if I could do it more times, but uh, with other things demand, with work and uh, my daughter and her schoolwork, and helping that, unfortunately, that's all I can uh, do at mm-hmm. this time. But hopefully, we'll ex-
2: expand it. So, what's your agenda so for yeah, the after hours?
3: Well, the after hours we could, you know, we uh, have it opened up uh, for a free discussion. We can discuss anything. About that. But first, uh, since we were talking about uh, third parties, so let's go ahead and talk about that. But first, I'll play an audio clip by uh, Gerald Salente, who is predicting the rise of third parties.
6: Hmm.
8: I believe we have a one party system in this country called the Big Government Party. There is a Republican branch that likes war and deficits and assaulting civil liberties, there is a Democratic branch that likes welfare and taxes and assaulting commercial liberties. When you look around at all the anti-government rallies from the Tea Parties to the 9/12 events to the various town halls, the obvious message is people are fed up. They're fed up with big government lawmakers expanding their own powers at the expense of individual freedoms and liberties and the sovereignty of the 50 states. These times are almost reminiscent of the turbulent 1960s. I was there. I witnessed firsthand the backlash against the government. And I will tell you, this is the same thing happening again today. The voice of the people is being overlooked and marginalized by politicians in D.C. And Americans are fighting back. Will a third party or will civil unrest emerge from all this turmoil? What will Washington do when California goes bankrupt and comes calling? What will the taxpayers in the remaining 49 states do? Joining me now is Gerald Salenti, the director of the Trends Research Institute and one of the world's most regarded trends forecasters. Jerry, always a pleasure, my friend. Welcome back to Freedom Watch.
9: Thank you, Judge. Great being on.
8: So what will happen if California or New Jersey go bankrupt and a Governor Meg Whitman a year from now or Governor Chris Christie go to the President saying, give me 25 or $30 billion. otherwise I, I can't run police departments. I can't operate bridges. I'll have to shut down highways and schools. It's already
9: happening. Let's look at the number beyond that. When you put all the states together, the budget shortfalls are approaching $200 billion. And then there's all those pensions that they'll never pay, they can never meet. The collapse is underway. And I was there in the 60s as well. And I would say that what's going on now is even greater than what happened in the 60s. Because in the 60s, a lot of it was motivated by guys getting drafted that exactly. didn't want to go.
8: Exactly. It was motivated by young people who simply didn't want to go to the war. Uh, right. Put this aside much- the fact that the draft is unconstitutional and the war was illegal and it was based on a trick perpetrated on us by Lyndon Johnson. The, the, the resistance in the 60s was young people. The resistance today is young people, but it's also suburbanites. It's also middle America. It's also the backbone of this country is basically saying to the federal government, enough is enough. That's right. You don't have
9: construction workers now throwing bricks on marches. They're the marchers. This is much bigger, Judge. We've said this over and over again. The second American Revolution has begun. You're going to start seeing more and more protests and, and a lot of demonstrations. So that's how the people are going to uh, vent their anger. And we will see bigger changes coming probably around 2012. We're forecasting a new third party. And you hit it on the nose. They're downplaying this. This is really big. And the mainstream media and the entrenched politicians, I call them the red carpet crowd. You know, everywhere they go, they go in these jumbo jets that are big enough to move a whole city. And every time they arrive somewhere, they have to roll out the red carpet. They're totally detached of the anger, the seething, and and the revolt going on in this country. We're looking for the third party to emerge in 2012, and it won't be the Tea Party, it'll be bigger.
0: Some people have called this a political game. Passing this legislation, not passing this legislation, between Democrats and Republicans. I want you to elaborate on that as well.
9: Well, of course it's a political game, as I said. The only thing that they're interested in is saving the two big of sales. The little people could wait for their paychecks. So they, of course they're playing it back and forth because when you see who gets the money, both the Republicans and the Democrats are financed by Wall Street. So Main Street could wait their turn. And it is a political football. One will blame the other. The other will blame the other but in the end nothing will happen very little will happen and again you know there's gonna have to be a time when they have to pull the plug on all of these bailouts and all of this stimulus and when they do you're going to start seeing the economy even on wall street begin to unravel
0: so are you saying that americans should consider perhaps third party candidates i mean what is the solution here for as you said all those little people who are collecting their unemployment checks
9: it has to be a third party the two-party system isn't, isn't there for the people. They represent the special interests of pay them the most. So what we're forecasting, we're forecasting actually, we're calling it the internet candidate. We're going to see something we believe we're forecasting in 2012 that will really begin to change the system as the way it is now. It can't go on like this with so many people losing so much and so few getting so much the genesis of a new third party in america we saw it with the tax protest that's another element of the other liber-
8: that's a libertarian movement
9: it's again there's many different elements tied into it it's 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 against big corporate it's against foreign entanglements it's against the Fed. It has. A, it's against taxation without representation. So we
8: are going to have a real third party that is going to be a contender with the Republicans and the Democrats. We believe so. And just for a
9: little track record, I came out with a book, Trend Tracking, back in 1988. I forecast a new third party, and for some reason I mentioned Ross Perot. We're looking at that same kind of atmosphere but juiced up to a much higher level and now the internet makes it possible to happen
8: before we go i i know your field is the economy but any predictions for two thousand and twelve who the candidates might be or what the likely outcome uh... will be
9: you know it, we're looking for a new candidate we're calling it the internet candidate a lack of a better term the people are fed up you hit it on the head it's a 2 party two-headed one party system we're gonna see something come out of the shadows and it's not going to be about the personality, not a presidential reality show, but actually a candidate built on real platforms and and principles.
8: Jerry Salenti, It's always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Hey, okay, thank you, Judge.
3: So with that uh I just wanna say of course, we were talking about two thousand and twelve and of course, uh third parties didn't make as much of a uh impact. As, you know, they predicted, I think they still got between 3 and even 7% of the vote, uh, you know, between the third parties. And, and I'm talking about uh, the Green Party, the Libertarian Party, and the Constitution Party. Um, I know uh, for a fact that there was uh, Virgil Goode from the Constitution Party was on many ballots. And we, um, you know, I actually got the opportunity uh, to meet uh, Virgil Goode. Uh, who's running for president up there uh, of the party? It's all-the-earth guy, and, and he definitely had a, a platform. Uh, he definitely had a a really good one. Which, frankly, to be honest, I and I voted for uh, him in 2012. Uh, so, but anyway, you know, one of the, they talk about representation, and uh, I, I agree. You know, I I really like the Irish system. I mean, not just that they have a multi-party system, where they have about, you know about five parties there, maybe sometimes even six. Uh, but it's the way that they do their voting as well. Uh, where it's uh proportional representation, uh voting, uh where you actually pick a candidate, you know, what for one position, you can vote for three candidates for the same position in order of your preference. So it's preferential uh voting as well. Uh and I definitely think that's um it gives the most uh you know, equal, I guess you could say, uh, and the best representation not only by having multiple parties and where they have to have coalition governments in order to make things work, uh, but you also get to have, as I said, in the uh the order of uh what the way you like to candidate more based on the person other than the party. And so uh with that being said, uh we've got myself, we've got Joe, and we've got you, Susan. On the line, and so let's go with you, Susan, first. Uh, give uh, deference to the lady about what your thoughts on third parties. We'll see if they uh, will have much of an impact uh, on it, and then go with Susan, and then you, Joe. Susan, go ahead.
4: Well, I'm going to have to get off here shortly too because I'm driving, so it makes it hard. Um, and I got my granddaughter in the car, and I to get her home.
1: Um,
4: I am. Um, I am for I, I've always voted third party except for Reagan I've always voted third party. I'm usually for it. Uh if Ron Paul had won the Republican nomination, of course I would have voted for him. So, um I do think they're very important. I think we need one. Uh maybe even a fourth party. Well, I know we have some of those all ball parties out there, like Green Party and all that, but I'm talking about serious parties, you know. And I did support Ross Perot both times. There you go. So that's pretty much. My, my, I voted
3: for Ross Perot the first time, but I didn't vote for him the second time.
4: Ah, okay. Uh, well, I, I I did, and uh, I started. I like I said, I hate dating my age, but I started by voting for George Wallace. I was a rebel, even from the beginning.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Well,
2: Wallace Wallace was the one who opposed the uh, Civil Rights Act, mainly because he didn't want blacks to enter the universities. But he also brought up good points about how uh, the federal government was using the Civil Rights Act not so much to empower black people, but in order to get them uh, to have their tentacles in the state's rights. So George Wallace did uh, did bring up good points. So, what do you think about uh, you know the need for or even the possibility of uh, a third party, Joe? I don't like parties at all. People get too enamored with them, and they start feeling as though they have to vote along party lines, but they don't even know what the party lines are. Time after time, you can go into the street and you can um, ask people who, uh, who are who you for, and they'll say, "Well, I'm a Democrat. I'm for this candidate, and I'm for that particular party." And then you can say to them, "Well, then you must approve of." His or her policy regarding uh, economics, immigration, um, wars, and I'll say yes, I I fully um, support that. And then the um, the uh, the guy with the uh, microphone will say, well, <laughs> what I just told you about and what you just supported, they were the policies no. of the other candidate. So people don't know what they're voting for. Okay, and uh, when you take a look at uh, the American people mentality. And they'll tell you, okay, they have a disapproval rating of Congress, I think it's the lowest in years. I think at one time it was 6%, maybe now it's 12%. But anyway, it's lower than snake crap. But what do they do? (laughs) They keep voting in a Democrat or a Republican. So Mm -hmm. they can can abstractly um, grasp the concept of Democrats and Republicans are corrupt, but not my guy. My guy in my state, and my town, he's great, and I'm going to vote him back in. So until people actually can wake up and do more than wake up, I'm surprised in the past year or two I've come across strangers who know a lot about what um, what the American government is all about, which is not really protecting the American people, but really about oligarchy and stuffing their pockets and listening to lobbyists. They... Mm-hmm still will vote either a democrat or a republican so if you're still saying well this cancer is going to kill us but you keep voting in the cancer something's wrong with your brain so the american people are brainwashed beyond repair uh let me break in i
4: hear you it sounds good but i have to go now
3: (laughs) <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much, uh, Susan. We'll be looking forward to hearing from you again uh, when we do our analysis of the debate uh, that went on tonight. As I said, I watched very little of it, but I did record it uh, so we could, um, mm-hmm. yes, you know, so we could do our analysis next week. Okay. Um,
5: I'm
4: doing in the two more. I've done two more articles so far. I'm my third, all on prepping. So. <laughs> I've been busy. You know, the yeah. for when it, it
2: happens. So.
4: Mm. And, uh, it hits well, the well, good luck.
2: Good luck with your underground silo. Underground <laughs> 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 <it's> silo.
4: I <laughs> know. Uh, I I just I did an article on how to build a uh, a Faraday cage and, uh, and some other things and what to put in there and stuff like mm. that and um, food and will be
2: on guns and money and stuff like that, and also be how the government coming for the preppers.
4: Yeah,
2: that they well,
0: will. They will be coming
3: for the preppers, yeah. Well, you guys have a good night. Take care. You too, bye Yeah, you too. We'll talk soon. bye Well, Joe, looks to... like okay. uh, for a little while it's uh, just you and I. Uh okay. So, you know, whatever's on your mind, uh, we'll give you the mic, and you could just kind of... Uh, spill out there for a while We, did, and we do have uh, another folk, uh, Folks on the line
0: okay, And if you would cool.
3: like to chime in uh, Just get, uh, push the one on the phone dial And we will get you into the show uh, Since uh, we are in the Extended period uh, Unfortunately we can't take any more new callers But for the callers who are on the line And you'd like to chime in uh, Just push the one on your number dial But of course if you still just want to listen uh, That's fine too uh, But let's go ahead and bring it back to you Joe
2: well, I already summed it up when I was talking about how people are sheep, and I can't really blame them. For one thing, there's a natural resistance against citizens of their own country um, believing that the government, uh, of whom they've uh, they've invested their particular emotions because the government has made sure, especially, let's say, taking, for example, our government, when uh, we as kindergartners, first graders, et cetera, take our hand and put it over our hearts and pledge allegiance to the flag, we've been ingrained with, you know, nationalism, which, nothing wrong with that. And our country, tis of thee, nothing wrong with that. But we've been ingrained so much that we believe so much in our government, in our politicians that they're supposed to represent us and that they're supposed to protect us, that because of our confirmation bias, we really don't want to find out how corrupt the government really is. Even I was um you know resisting it and I was predisposed towards, uh, you know, uh realizing how corrupt the government is. I mean, both parties publish um their um their findings about the other side's corruption. You know, the Democrats have websites up about Republican corruption and vice versa. So, um it's kind of easy to get that kind of information thankfully for the internet. But the thing is, is that people will resist it, because who wants to believe that for 10, 15, 20, 25 years, you've been supporting a government that's been working very, very hard to destroy the people at large? But when you mm-hmm. do realize that, then, you know, it's kind of easier to take a look at politics and realize that. Both of the Democrats and Republicans are just nothing more than, you know, both wings uh, of a vulture. So, you know, it's just the same bird um, picking apart the American people. And all we really have to do is, as I suggested before, we'll just go to the polls. You don't have to worry about trying to elect somebody in your local government or in the state capitol, uh, because the cancer uh, is there in Congress. Um, It's not there in the state capitals, even though there's plenty of corruption in the state capitals. The thing is, if you can get rid of the 435 people in Congress and put in people who, at least at the beginning, um, want to um, restore justice, um, economic freedom, uh, the Bill of Rights to its fullest extent for the American people, you'll have that a lot better than the, the career politicians we have in there now even though there'll be you know, a lot of mistakes being made because none of them will be, or very few of them will be constitutional scholars, but it's still better to have honest, stumbling, fumbling people than corrupt mm-hmm. career politicians. So, so that's my viewpoint. The people want um, a non-corrupt government. They want an America as it was back in the 50s, but they're just too brainwashed and too stupid as a result to know how to go about doing it. They want to vote according to a popularity contest. Ah, I don't want to throw away my vote. I want, you know, I'll take the devil I know as opposed to the devil I don't right. know. And to me, it's uh, when you've fully gotten the idea that the American government is the same as 1939 Germany, then you realize that what we've been doing all along is just, you know, an exercise in not only futility but stupidity. But that's because the American government has done a damn good job of brainwashing. No, I agree.
3: I mean when they talk about the, the dumbing of dumbing down of America, that's uh certainly uh what they've done and two is now that you know so many things thrown at a, you know, thrown at us and it it's you gotta do so much just to be able to survive now uh mm-hmm. with the fa- you know right with the family that we're so distracted and I think that's by
2: design, uh we're so distracted So do I mm-hmm.
3: so that we really can't pay pay attention
6: to what they're doing.
2: Well yeah. Yeah, I mean, we are uh, distracted. Um, so, you know, but still, even though we're distracted, we uh, people still find enough time to go to the polls to vote for the Democrat and Republican. They should have enough time to go and vote for uh, the third party. But, again, mm-hmm. we're brainwashed. We believe... That the Democrats or the Republicans Are the only major parties I don't believe in parties I believe in Mm -hmm. voting for the person Who is uh, the most intelligent And the most honest I don't care what party they're in As long as they're the most honest The most intelligent And the most courageous Let me throw that in there Okay So um, You know I I could be a good president But um, like uh, well, like Sam was talking about, you know, there is JFK. Uh, one of the first few things I would want to do would be to abolish the Federal Reserve. A week later, I'd probably be dead. So, but if I was going to mm-hmm. become the president, I would accept that responsibility.
3: Yeah, and there's a lot of folks who uh, who do agree and think that that's one of the things uh, that did end up getting him killed, and then uh, his brother as well.
2: Yeah, well, both Kennedys made a lot of enemies. You can name five people off the bat or five entities off the bat that wanted him killed. The FBI, Giancana, CIA, um, Russia, and, of course, uh, the Illuminati. You know, if the Illuminati exists, and I believe they probably do. So at least five entities wanted him dead. Because he was rocking the boat. (laughs) Uh, Port Descernes. I I definitely would like
3: to do a show almost exclusively on that. That's always been a subject uh, Mm -hmm. that I've been fascinated with.
2: Well, you should. And there'd be a lot of people who do believe in the Illuminati. I believe of the possibility that they exist. I believe that the Rothschilds most likely actually run the world. They've been doing it (coughs) for centuries, they've had centuries worth of practice. They have been, um, according to even our founding fathers. They were the ones responsible for fueling wars way back when. They loaned their gold out at enormous interest rates and uh, to both sides of a conflict to make sure that they would get paid back the gold that they loaned out to the different kings. So if they thought about it that way, then I'm, I'm certainly of the mind to believe that they're still in operation today, even though they're very, very respectable, I have no doubt that it's very possible that the Rothschilds, probably in cooperation or in competition with the Rockefellers and maybe some of the other super-rich people, are trying to control the world. And why not? Wasn't it the major ambition of Caligula, Nero, Caesar, other other, uh, despots that... Once they achieved uh, dictatorship they thought that they were as close to God as they ever could and they wanted immortality and they wanted to control the world. Same with Stalin and Hitler. Only thing is the Rothschilds, they're just doing it so smoothly. You know, they they already control the world, most likely. Well,
3: that's incredible. And then this, you know,
2: Absolute power corrupts uh, absolutely, at least that's mm-hmm. the uh, the phrase of it. Yeah, right. And they've they've held the reins for centuries, you know. Um, like uh, I think it was Meyer Rothschild who famously said, give me control of a nation's currency, and I care not who makes its laws. And take a look at our Federal Reserve. It's beyond the control of the uh, Congress and the president. They can do anything I'm sorry, they want. the last part, the Congress and what? They're beyond the control of the Congress and the president. There are no laws mm-hmm. that require um but they they're not subject to judicial review. They do allow themselves and I say the word allow because they do this voluntarily. They allow themselves to be audited, but they do not allow themselves to be audited comprehensively. There are certain departments and compartments within the Federal Reserve that are off limits And it's within those compartments That the Federal Reserve does this damage Luckily uh, a lawsuit By Bloomberg about two or three years ago Exposed some of their uh, You know uh, Covert dealings That dealt with uh, billions And billions of dollars So um, you know,
3: uh, well, uh, mm-hmm. well I was going to say one of, the, one of the things gosh I've seen years ago And, and I can't remember all of it But uh, some of was show me this uh, it's like this list, this uh, hierarchy list of mm-hmm. who the most powerful people in the world are. And not necessarily individuals, but but titles and positions. Mm-hmm. And like the president of the United States was like seventh or ninth or something like that. But there was, uh, you know, like not, you know, seven or eight, uh, or, you know, between six and eight uh, positions. Mm-hmm you know, somewhere in the world that were actually had with power and influence that's higher than the president of the United States.
2: Well who occupied the the first three positions? I'm sorry, Jeff. Who occupied the first three positions? If he was seventh or eighth, then who was higher than him? Uh yeah, that I that that
3: I can't remember. That was a list oh, okay. I seen years uh years yeah, I wish I knew. Uh that was a list I've seen years ago and I I can't really recall who um, okay. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, just you know, a specific person, but you know, a, a title or a position or something of that nature. Okay. And And um, I'll have to, I'll have to try to find that um, again. As I said, that was something somebody showed me some years ago.
2: Hmm. Well, uh, right away, you, you have to be an exceptionally special person to be president of the United States, because people don't realize the kind of pressures that you're under, the kind of decisions that you have to make. You know, people realize that, oh, okay, what's in the news? The president is, you know, going to make a speech about this topic, this particular issue, this controversy. But he's, um, he has access to top-secret information. He has to be the one uh, responsible for decisions overseas. He has to take advice from advisors. And unless you really have a, a, a humongous brain, a humongous intellect, You're not really... You're nothing more than just an average... Well, let's say, maybe an above-average guy with, or above-average woman with, you know, high IQ. But if you really don't know how to handle the pressures of uh, of, of politics and the people who are coming at you from both sides, you're very susceptible to making a lot of mistakes and to being manipulated, you know. So... Um you, you know, that's why I want a libertarian in the office. A uh, libertarian will be uh will have tunnel vision. If this bill does not conform to the constitution, bye bye, it's vetoed. Try to try to overcome the veto, you know. If a lobbyist, uh or somebody who um has resembles a lobbyist comes to him and tries to make subtle suggestions on how he can get richer by helping certain types of people um the libertarian will say okay um you better wait for the fbi because <laughs> what you've just done is a violation of the law and i'm not having any of it you know and but if you're not a libertarian or let's say a constitutionalist, thing or the person you voted for um he wasn't the head of the constitution party at that time what's the guy's name who's in charge of the constitution party who was running for president Talk about in their leadership Give the leadership
3: uh, I know the uh, At least the national vice chairman Was Randy Stufflebeam.
2: Now there's another guy whose name If if I hear it, it'll, um, it'll ring a bell But in any case, the Constitution Party I mean, they're as close to The Libertarian Party as possible They still want to fund certain things um, But I'm, I'm all for either Um Uh, anarcho-capitalism or libertarianism Um, and I'm not that much even for the Constitution you know I could have written a better Constitution eminent domain in the Constitution does not seem to me to be something which is there for the benefit of the American people and when you can have um, interpretations which are as vague and as ambiguous as hell regarding Article One, Section 8, the General Welfare Clause, the Commerce Clause, um, that's not a Constitution that supposedly um, of the American uh, tradition was founded upon. So I could have written a better Constitution. The thing is, is that everything was is a matter of compromise, and people don't know the Bill of Rights was part of the Constitution, I think, a year and a half um, after the Constitution was pretty much set. Um, And if the Anti-Federalists had not insisted on the Bill of Rights, we could have had a Constitution Mm -hmm. without the Bill of Rights. The way it's written now, um, it's very easy to use the Constitution to support whatever corruption corrupt politicians want to do. You know?
3: Well, then they have basically. Yeah, they they have. have.
2: And it's not just a matter of their bastardizing certain clauses. The Anti-Federalists, uh, one in particular, had warned us about that way, way back when, before the ratification of the um, of the Constitution. He said the General Welfare uh, Clause would be used, and I guess you probably knew from past experience, you know, um, being of that era, that it would be used for whoever would be in government to try to usurp all of the power from the states, to put it into the hands of the central government, and it would make it an oligarchy. So mm-hmm. that's something he knew about. He said the wording was such, that's what would happen. Bingo. Here we are. You know, yeah, that's a a loophole. Out. You know, there's a difference between having a loophole, which people mistakenly put into a contract, which other people take advantage of, and having a clause, which is so obvious to certain people, that it can be um, used, you know, against the people who wrote the uh, the contract. That, you know, again, I could have written a better constitution. So I'm all for individual liberty, contracts, mutual agreements. Keep the government out of my life. Um, let us do what we want to do as long as we don't we don't encroach upon the rights of another person. Um, so that's me. Yeah, you know, one of the topics I was hoping to
3: talk with her about um, you know, was you know what energy policy uh, mm-hmm. that she would adhere to, you know, especially when it came to uh, renewable energy. Uh, but right. then you know maybe the next time we have her on the show, I'd like to hear more
2: uh, from her on that. Yeah, and and I was restraining myself from interrupting her because she was doing campaigning, which I can't blame her because she is campaigning for the presidency. Oh yeah. But um, I've been on other shows, and they have allowed me to really grill the senators or congressmen, which have been on the show. And um, I wouldn't really expect a lot of people to allow me to do that, because I've, I I ran one person off. Uh, you know, I didn't come on the show to be, I uh, forget what the hell he said, and then he, you know, he ran away. But the thing is, is that if you're a politician, you should be grilled. You should be grilled mm-hmm. up and down. You should be... Uh, Whoever is talking to them Should not think of them as um, Holy creatures You know Um, You should think of them as Potential enemies of the state And you should grill them As though you're a prosecutor What is your energy policy Excuse me um, You just finished saying blah 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 But um, Five minutes ago you said Yada 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 So how do you reconcile Mm -hmm. yada 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 With blah 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 you know, and we should always put the uh, the politicians on the hot seat. So that's that's what I consider my job.
3: <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate the uh, your input tonight. And I know back in 2012, we we did do a lot of interviews, uh, mm-hmm. especially you know with the aforementioned uh, Constitution Party. We you know cause we had a lot of candidates, just for, not just the presidential candidate. We had the vice presidential candidate on. but also had those you know running for uh, you know different seats uh, mm-hmm. As well both uh, statewide And um, You know and uh, you know For things of that nature You know unfortunately you know we just I don't really think any You know any got mm-hmm. in uh, But well, Third parties
2: me. traditionally don't do Don't do very well even Cynthia McKinney When she was a, um, a democrat and she Became a green party uh, candidate She didn't do well A lot of people have a contaminated view Against third parties People go to the polls, mm-hmm. taking it's a popularity contest. Should I vote for this person because will this person win? That's not how you vote. You vote your conscience, and you let the votes mm-hmm. yep. uh, fall as they may.
3: Yeah. Oh, I always did that. I know. Um, you know, I got a lot of flack because when you know when I started the show in 2012,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I was a strong supporter of Duke Gingrich, and you know, I, I and then after the convention. That's pretty much when I left the Republican Party, and so after that, you know, we were. That's when we were interviewing during the general election, a lot of the you know third party candidates, you you know, Libertarians, Green Party, uh, Constitution Party, things of that nature. And you know, I've been telling people, look, I said I've been railing against Romney for months. How mm-hmm. hypocritical is it going to be for me to turn around and say, you know what? Yeah, I've been railing on him for months, telling him how bad of a presidential candidate he'll be, and then I'll turn around and support him. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I said, yeah. you know, that's That'd be so hypocritical. And then, yeah, right. And I said, you know, I said, I said, if you feel the need uh, to vote your conscience to vote for Romney because that's what your conscience is telling you to do, go do it. But you know, and I respect that. Just respect my choice to not vote for Romney, you know, mm-hmm. and vote my conscience and vote for, you know, Bertram Good, but then of course they had a lot of uh you know, re- Republicans and, you know, some conservatives, you know, who came right. on uh you know, the show and were very angry with me and I'd say what I mean if you listen to some of the shows after right after the election mm-hmm. Some of the people that called in, I mean, you think that you know Bart, you know you bard's trader, logic single handedly <laughs> cost uh yeah cost uh <laughs> Romney the election. I'm like, no <laughs> I said you know, the Republicans lost the election, uh, mm. but that by by coordinating uh Romney was in my opinion uh the worst candidate to go up against uh uh Obama mm.
2: well again, if, uh as I was saying that's the pull of any type of party people like to align themselves with the party you know it's like my country love it or leave it my party love it or leave it. what you don't agree with this party member and even though he he's not he's no longer a candidate you're not going to support the person he supports and they feel betrayed again that's part mm-hmm. of uh, brainwashing people have and that's renewed. exactly what happened yeah. yeah
3: we were working in concert like you're not following with. Like, but Newt is saying, Newt Gingrich is saying, I said, <laughs> look, I said, you know, I, I, I followed him up until he, you know, uh, left, left the race as a candidate. Once he started mm-hmm. supporting Romney, I said, you know, because he's he's a party loyalist and, you know, I understand that. Um, but once he left that path, I I couldn't stay on the same path with him anymore. And I, I tell you what, I had, yeah, I some people get really nasty. Uh yeah, really nasty with me on it. The people who I thought were my friends
2: weren't mm. my friends anymore. <laughs> the people we worked yeah. together with.
3: It was yeah. amazing.
2: Yeah, I know. It's it's it is the effect of brainwashing. Um, Newt Gingrich, although although I think he's the most articulate uh, and was the most articulate candidate when he was running for president, I wouldn't vote for him because in 1994, when he was Speaker of the House, he brought up and wrote up the Contract for America, but then nobody. He didn't enforce it. Nobody followed up. You know, so he was lying. He was blatantly, flagrantly lying to the American people. He was a career politician. So, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would. Well, for one thing, I wouldn't vote for any of anybody that's there. Nobody. Okay, Johnson. Yeah. Do you know that in the Libertarian Party, the Libertarians have had something like six hundred. Um, Elected posts uh, filled by libertarians, and not once has there been a financial or sex scandal of these 600 um, offices. So. Yeah, I know
3: they. they Yeah, I know the uh, libertarians they hold uh, offices around the country more so than uh, the Constitution Party does. That I do know.
2: Yeah, and so it's you know as far as third parties go, you know, Libertarian Party has a nice tradition, but. I you know, I am I'm always wondering: Do they have an infiltrator in there? Because the party's been around since the 70s, and they don't do anything to effectively promote the philosophy. You almost have to come across it by accident. If it weren't for the internet, how many people would know of the Libertarian Party? You yeah. know. So. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't do as um, much. And you're
3: right. They have been. Uh, Around for a while. I mean, I think the the Green Party actually gets more. They don't have people in office, but I mean, mm-hmm. I think you hear more about the Green Party than you do the Libertarian Party sometimes.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, his name ah, uh, his name is going in and out of my head right now. It's Nader. Nader is famous. Rouse
6: He's, Nader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You
2: know, and he was um, you know, a representative of the uh uh Green a Green Party. So that brought um, name recognition to the the Green Party, along with McKinney. But the thing is, people are brainwashed. That's why, and to me it's very obvious. If you're going to say, I hate Congress, 6% or whatever it is, 6%, 12% uh, rating, and a 44% disapproval rating of Obama, I hate Obama, I hate uh, Congress, who you vote for, the people I hate. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it, it, it's amazing yeah. to me. It's you know, it's really amazing. But now that I know your name is Robert, Robert, I'm going to get off as well. Uh, you know, unless the other callers. Well, I definitely want to appreciate all your input. Well, thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll give a chance the other callers to press one. Maybe they they would like to chime in. I would like to. Well, we just got the. Uh, well, we just have folks who are listening in and. uh You know,
3: I may uh, play, you know, an audio clip or just uh, close things out earlier this evening. Uh, And I kind of, you know, with with the debate on, the GOP debate on tonight, I knew uh, caller-wise, it would be a little bit uh, limited compared to what other nights are. But Mm -hmm. a lot of folks uh, were sitting in front of their TVs and first watching the debate and then also watching the commentary from the, uh, you know, mainstream media and then what I say the the so-called conservative uh, stations—I I, kind of lost you know, face, so to mm-hmm. speak—in in Fox News back in 2012. I was in, uh, an avid, uh, per, you know, participant and also, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you know, watching watching the uh, that station until after uh, 2012. And then I found out, hey, wait a minute, you know, cause it really drove me nuts where they were like, oh, well, we're conservative first and Republican second. Same with Rush Limbaugh, okay. And no. Rush Limbaugh, okay. you know, always touts that he's a he's a conservative first, a Republican second, which isn't true. Um, if that was true, he would have lied during the for, uh He would have lied during the Florida or the day of the Florida primary, um, mm-hmm. you know, about Rick Santorum, and you know, so um, you know, after hearing that, yes, it's Rush Limbaugh, and hey, you know, don't take uh, my words for it. Uh, I mean, you just hear this, and then you'll know that, you know, he wasn't telling the truth, as I do have, uh, that, yeah, those, and we know, and he's in Florida, I mean, we all know that, uh, you know, so, here's uh, what he said about uh, Rick Santorum. Okay.
8: By the way, folks, just, I have, I have to remind you, again, again, that Gingrich debated John Kerry on global warming at one point, and they agreed on practically every point. Nobody is innocent. Everybody is guilty of some transgression at somewhere against conservatism except Santorum. See you tomorrow.
3: And that's a load of crap. We all know better than that. You know, it was a, a split between the conservative vote between Rick Santorum and Newt Gingrich. Hmm. And you know, so of course we you know we see how that turned out. And he was playing the GOP leadership's card. They wanted to split the conservative vote so that Romney could, uh, you know, take the election. I mean, they it was it was designed that way. Uh, in my opinion, Rick Santorum was put into uh, the election by the uh, the leadership of the party so that he could split the conservative vote, so that uh, Gingrich wouldn't get, uh, you know, the votes, so he could compete with Romney. Um, and then, I mean, right there, you know, with with Rush Limbaugh being a part of it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, showed me that, you know what, there's, uh, he, he's not a conservative first. He's definitely uh a Republican, a part of that establishment.
2: He, you know, he may be, you know, because one thing I've noticed, um, I, it was back in uh, 2012, three of the more famous conservatives, he, Hannity, and Levin, They were complaining for years, and now they're they're still complaining about how the Republican Party is no longer the Republican Party of the Reagan era, how they're destroying the party ethics, um, how they're not as conservative as they should be. But yet, all three of them, and I know this from Levin, and I know this from uh, Limbaugh, and and I probably heard it from Hannity as well. No, I heard it from Savage. Savage. The savage again he he likes to uh you know ravage the Republican party and anybody. The thing is they said what i my solution to the problems <laughs> um of the nation is to vote for the Republican candidate, so I'm hearing this from either three or four of the leading so called conservatives who've been criticizing the Republican party for years. And they're saying mm-hmm. the solution is it's like it's like a doctor saying, well, if we inject you with antibiotics mixed with mercury, um, the antibiotic isn't working because of the mercury. But I'm going to give you more mercury. You know, so <laughs> the the Republican Party isn't working uh, because the people aren't conservative. The Republican Party sucks, but I'm going to vote for whatever candidate they put up because I think this candidate will be the one to reform the Republican Party. So I think they're all shills for the Republican Party regardless whether they know oh, or not. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. I think the, the the worst is the worst is Limbaugh
3: I think and I think uh, the least, uh, at least of those that you mentioned was, um, was Hannity. I, I think, you know, Hannity's probably the least uh, offender of that with with being, I mean, I with um Rush Limbaugh being the worst. I and I and, and I hated to say that, you know, when, when I realized that realize I mean I I listened uh religiously of source to Rush Limbaugh for years uh before then. So
2: well, yeah. Look, people want a solution and when people come along and they promise the solution, people listen and when they continually promise day after day, month after month, people get hooked. But again, people have to use discernment. We have to use critical thinking, and 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 that brings up another thing of mine, another pet peeve of mine about um, thinking. Do you know of any high school in the United States that teaches logic as a formal course? Um, not when I was in
3: high school.
0: <laughs>
2: I don't
3: know right. about now, but right, and that's my
2: point. If the, uh, if we are going to entrust our kids to the public school system, which has a responsibility of more than just cramming information down their throats, but to help them think, then why isn't there a course, a formal course, on logic and critical thinking, which is well, their supposedly value?
3: that's rich. what Common Core is supposed to be doing now.
2: <laughs> Common Core, huh? Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's not yeah, tomorrow, Supposedly, tomorrow. that's
3: what Common Core is supposed yeah, to be doing.
2: Although, even since
3: the inception of Common Core, our scores have been going down. Like in math, well, that's probably because they don't teach math the way they did. You heard Kelly uh, on tonight, and uh, you may or may not know this, Joe, but he's an engineer.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, And my daughter, when she was in the sixth grade, okay, this was two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when they were first starting this Common Core and this Common Core math, she brought home a math problem that, you know, college degree, you're not a dumb <laughs> guy. But I had to take a picture. What's that? He said he couldn't do it, I bet. <laughs> oh, no, he did it. He did it. He was able to do it. But I, my my thing is, is I had to take my do- my daughter's sixth grade homework, take mm. a picture of it, send Kelly a text of it, and have an engineer figure out her math problems so I can help her, you know, get through <laughs> it. I'm like, well,
0: uh, like
2: I, I, I'm, I got a college degree, and I couldn't. I'm like, I needed an engineer to
3: figure this thing
2: out. Well, that's by design, as you said before. Look, I have, I have a particular saying, and my saying is, how many times do you have to see the Titanic sink in front of you before you realize it's, it's, it's sabotage? Okay. When the, when the congressmen and the senators have been in their positions for 20, 30, 40 years, and they've seen how their particular decisions through the laws that they've enacted have uh, done injury to the American people and they don't do anything to reverse it then you can't just say they're stupid you can't just say they should be guilty of criminal neglect, they are treasonous bastards yeah that's
3: re- what our, uh, Christine Timmons has been saying go ahead, Christine who? Christine Timmons she's been a guest uh more times on show, oh I don't know who she is yeah, yeah, you can hear her in on uh, our archives. Uh, she's been on the show a couple times, and uh, I think she called it. She wasn't the, uh, I don't know, show where she wasn't the guest. She, you know, just called in and and joined our roundtable.
2: Oh, okay. Well, the thing is, is that if you're responsible for something and you continually see the ill effects of what your decisions have made, and you do nothing to reverse those decisions, why shouldn't you go to jail when you have, you know, immense responsibility upon your shoulders? these people should be tried for treason there should be investigations of everybody in congress but since congress you know they're the jailers with the keys and they're the ones who control the funding that isn't going to happen there should right. be independent parties i'm not talking about political parties but independent like um independent councils not funded by congress that should do investigations like Sort of like the, what I like about the government is the Inspector General. The Inspector General will tear apart whatever agency that they're assigned to. Um, we need things like that. We need independent agencies, civilian-run, civilian not politicians, who will tear apart whatever decisions, uh, behavior patterns, activities that these politicians do. But it's only effective... If the people are not brainwashed, and we're brainwashed, millions of people, and if, with the immigrants, forget about that. They don't know from nothing. <laughs> they're going to continue to vote for welfare candidates. Oh they, yeah. You know, it, it, it's a nanny state personified coming up. It's going to be nanny state to the nth degree. And with the immigrants, they're the you know forget about the diseases that that they might bring in. They don't want to be American. Mm-hmm. They don't want to speak English. They are a contentious group, no. as a lot, you know, that's breaking up the harmony of the United States tradition, you know. So we are, are being invaded by people without guns, and we're inviting our invaders in here. hmm So yeah, I do you really like to
3: hear from uh, Christina. She taught. She's. Uh talks a lot on that. So yeah, you definitely
2: would like those <laughs> check that out. Okay. Well I'll call back, um, you know, in the in the following weeks and find out how you guys are doing. But right now let me let well, you great, go great, I appreciate it. Sure. I yeah, I'm getting ready
3: it. actually have to close things off.
2: Okay. Well okay, so Yeah, we well, so definitely
3: Mhm. Yeah, then we're gonna be covering the uh the debate next week and definitely share you if you got the link uh, to the night uh tonight's show or so it's also on Facebook or uh on Blog Talk Radio. Uh just you know shout out so other folks can you know listen to see how the show uh is like, what it's like and uh they can come on and we definitely uh, like to hear uh, from
2: more people and, and get their input as well. Yeah. Um I would suggest um posting more on Facebook about the show.
3: Yeah, I do get you know on the night, uh, yeah, generally you know, probably like an hour and a half or so before the show, uh, you uh-huh. can find uh, the posts on Facebook. You know, I do some that way, and then you know, it's, you know, some other place like I have an email. Uh, I have an email group as well uh, that I send emails out to uh, to get some folks on as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely uh, appreciate you coming on, and we'll be looking forward to. Uh, next week and then having you on for next week. and So folks, I want to thank you for listening to the show. Definitely if you're listening either live now or if uh, you're listening to the archive, uh, you can take the link and uh, share it with folks. I know many folks who listen to the show uh, even on their cell phones now. So whether it's an iPod or uh, Android, you can listen to it there because all the shows are podcasts uh, where you can listen to them and then you can also uh, email folks as I do uh, the link. And then of course uh, you can find uh, the page on Facebook. Uh, just go into your search engine parts, there on Facebook page, and just put in "Bards Logic Political Talk" and you'll find the page. As well, as, we got a little small group uh, there as well, uh, so you can ask to join that and I'll get you in. And right. uh, we will uh, look forward to seeing you us uh, on that page. Uh, please like the page and also you can follow us here on Blog Talk Radio. Go ahead, Jay, you were gonna say it. I'm going to say good night and take care, Bob. Good night. Good night and take care. And it will, of course, folks, end tonight as I do every night. And that is with the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. And so thank you very much, and we will see you next week for our analysis and commentary of the GOP presidential debates. Good night and take care mm mm-hmm.